The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? America, you've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. Maybe a little later. Not really on me. Good band, huh? They have good bands here. Good musicians. I think they want to be Rush. Today's Tom Sawyer type of vibe. Good morning, folks. It is Wednesday, hump day, uh, January 31st, 2023, the last day of the worst month of the year. Uh, looking forward, we have about 50 days till springtime. Uh, begin by saying congratulations to Willie and Danica. Uh, this show got off to a rousing start last night, and we hope it only grows uh, from there. If you missed it, the a Lord and His Lady uh, airs 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, Tuesday nights. They'll be back next week uh, with guns and knives to kill each other on 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 screen live. Uh, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm always lying. I'm going to lie throughout this show today. But here's something that's not a lie. And uh, we have two comedians today, one from Ireland uh, who moved to New York in 2018 and another from Canada. Both of them have names that I'm going to mess up. That's what I do. Um, yesterday, and this is the life. Well, let's, let me back up. I told you about Sunday, how I had a gig where I bombed. I knew I bombed. People didn't tell me I bombed. By the way, what really went over on Sunday were original songs. And one song in particular, I want to talk about it at uh, some point in this endless, uh, meaningless, meandering diatribe that I'm uh, delivering here. Um, so I bombed. And I absolutely, on the way home, talking to myself, depressed, uh, not feeling good. And this is what happens when you bomb. And if, if you don't know about the life of an entertainer, when it goes good, the drive home is great. And you still talk to yourself, but you say happy things on the way home. When it doesn't go good, you say things to yourself that are really terrible. I mean, I do anyway. I really put myself down and, and buy into it and just like, I don't deserve to live. 
So yesterday I had a really good, two, uh, two really good shows, played for two great audiences, uh, and it was, it was wonderful, really wonderful. And I, w- I was driving home on a natural high, not a marijuana high <laughs> or any other kind of high, a natural high. And uh, about 10 minutes into the drive, even in traffic, I was still happy. In, in New York traffic, got a text from a friend, Jeremy. He said, hey, dog, did you hear about, uh, did you hear the news? Question mark. Lee. Uh, boy. So I said, uh, no, I'm driving right now. Are you telling me he died? And as soon as I uh, said those words into the voice for text, I realized he killed himself. And Jeremy wrote back an, almost an hour later, and I'm still in traffic. He said, yes, by his own hand. And I wrote back, I took that for granted. Um, I knew Lee for 20 years. And apparently I'm the only one who realized this about him. He was prone to depression. He was a very moody guy. Uh, let me bring up Lee here. Is uh, a very moody guy and prone to depression and uh, suicidal ideation. He remind, reminds me a lot of Willie or reminded me a lot of Willie. Um, and every time I would try to talk him into moderation from his highs. He would take that as uh, trying to bring him down and, and, and bring him into a low. And I just wanted him not to get too high because the crash after that high is always extremely low. And I, I recognize that. And I mean, he's a good man, really good man. Uh, if I have to be completely honest about Ali, this is how I would uh, characterize him as a talent. So he's a good singer fabulous really excellent uh unique guitar player and a competent writer uh but he was always hungry for recognition the very first conversation i had with him i remember him asking me how many grammys i had and i remember him throughout the 20 years that i knew him really wanting a Grammy, going out of his way to get nominated for Grammys. It meant everything to him that people would recognize him. Now, he I should say that Lee was not in show business. He wasn't phony. He was completely authentic. He wasn't in show business. He was in the music business, a blues man. Uh, and failed to understand or failed couldn't understand that the blues is not a popular genre. I mean, there are lots of people who say they're into the blues, but they're into Albert King and the old blues. Nobody's looking for new blues. And so recognition is probably not going to come with when you're being as authentic and real as he was being and, and put himself out there to be. Saturday night, he had an acoustic uh, gig. Uh, and apparently, on the way home from that gig, he took his own life. <sighs> and I understand that, man. You, I, as somebody who's, I'm just thinking. My wife said, "You know, what do you? What were the triggers?" There were a lot of things going on, a lot of things with Lee. But as I mentioned, he was prone to depression, 
And apparently, people who were really close to him did not know this. They're all over social media saying they're shocked. I wasn't shocked. I knew it was coming. I knew it was the only way out. He's 54 years old. Or was 54 years old. And I remember him having a conversation with him. Might have been on this program. He has been on this program. Um, about my documentary saying, you know, I was certain I was going to die at 54. And he said, yeah, that's about my number. But it was always clear in every one of our conversations, the only way he was leaving this <clears throat> ride of life was by his own hand. It was always clear to me. So it's bizarre that the people who were closest to him are shocked by it. I was not shocked. But I have to say, my initial reaction was I expected it. I knew it was happening. It didn't feel like immediate sadness or grief. It felt like I got zapped with a stun gun and just was like taken back by it. But grief is still going to elude me for a little bit because it still hasn't settled in that he's gone. It's just the fact that I expected this from him. And that's a sad place to be. And I always knew there was nothing I would be able to do when it happened. And I know, knew the time was coming. It's a really bummer of a, a situation. If uh, And I guess the moral here, if there's any morals, just keep reaching out to those people. I hate to think it was a bad gig that fucked him up. But it could have been. But it could be a lot of things. Listen, he had a, a lot going on in his life. But again, um, hungry for recognition for his talent, which was really elusive because he chose to be in a, uh, an authentic artist. And in authentic art, I think you have to come to the realization that you are limiting your audience, your potential audience, and recognition might never come. So that's my little diatribe here. Uh, rest in peace, Lee Del Rey. Scranton, Pennsylvania's greatest blues band. Uh, we'll see you on the other side, man. Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, Lord and His Lady last night was a great uh, first uh, toe in the water for a live stream. Very entertaining couple. Uh, my first impression was, oh my God, this is, this is everything anybody ever tuned into, uh, reality TV or daytime TV with the talking heads of like Maury Povich and Jerry Springer and Sally Jesse Raphael, Phil Donnelly, you name them, Oprah. Uh, let's get under the covers and see, uh, real, you want to talk about reality. In reality, uh, man, uh, I knew Willie's story. I've known Willie's story for three years now. But uh, holy fuck. That's all I got to say. Holy fuck. And then we're just beginning to scratch the surface. Uh, so tune in next uh, Tuesday night, uh, Lord and His Lady. We will be um, getting the, the facility to uh, stream live to their Facebook page. Uh, Facebook makes you wait like three weeks or something. 
to be able to stream live to the Facebook page. I don't know why. So last night was on my uh, Facebook page, but it was also on YouTube and Rumble and Twitch and uh, Twitter and every other place that we uh, go to. But uh, next, I think next by next week, because I set up to look at him waving around. I'm seeing myself five seconds ago waving my hands around over there. Um, I think by next week, because I set it up three weeks ago or something, uh, it, it will be able to stream live on the Lord and, a Lord and His Lady. I keep saying the Lord, and, which is a whole different person. Uh, a Lord and His, his Lady uh, Facebook page next week. Anyway, here uh, is the affirmation uh, uh, king, um, Mr. Meme uh, <laughs> himself. Good morning, yeah. the man, the myth, the legend the lord and good morning gd as well i should not discount you i'm sorry yeah yeah that's okay uh discounted since 1863 gd fenderson three-fifths of a host if your cup is as empty as if your sunday is as empty as my cup please join the reverend dr reverend jelly roll every sunday morning uh the church of last resort streaming live Wherever you can find them, not dead. Yeah, uh, three fifths of a, a co-host. Three, yeah, three fifths of a co-host. Okay, that's better. Don't be don't be giving yourself a promotion here. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, good. Good morning, fellas. Now, uh, GD, have you did you catch a little bit of the show or no? You didn't. Yeah, any of it? No, I was I was um, occupied. Yeah. yeah. You He's think gonna... you, yeah, I know you were gigging, but I thought maybe you'd come home and just catch a few minutes of it. Let me just say, you think you know Willie. Uh, no, you, I you don't. think you know Willie's story a little bit. Yes, of it. I do. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> well, I, let's I only know, I only know his side of what I've heard. I've never heard her <laughs> version of it. Enough. That's what a fair point. It's, it's, it's like, but you also know like this much of my side. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like well, I'm just saying, for what I've I'm, what I'm saying, what I've heard from you, I've only heard your version and your side. I have not yeah, heard right. her take. Right. On, but what, what he's I've saying heard. is, you've only heard that much of his yeah. version of his side because yeah. there's a whole yeah, lot I'm, more. I'm, what he's saying to me is what he said to a lot of girls in high school. Just a tip. Yeah, so, yeah, just a tip. <laughs> right. So right. I'm not, right. and I'm not interested oh, in the shaft right now. Thank you. The tip is enough. You know what? Um, <laughs> We're off to a rousing stop because we're coming up to 15 minutes because of my long diatribe about uh, my eulogy for, for Lee. But our first guest is already about to be in, in stiff territory. And four seconds, three seconds, two seconds, one second. Uh, Moshera is missing in action. Typical. Is that the Irish guy? Yeah, that's the Irish guy. Hey, man, can I ask you a question real quick? You can ask me a question real slow. Okay. Do you have a test cam for the one? Do I? Uh, a is what? that it? No, that's our tent. No, I don't have the port of one. Uh, the, reason why, the reason why I asked is because I had one. I you know, I have one still. And I, and I and back like you, I wrote a lot of songs. But I wrote a lot of songs on the task cam. So I have like a stack of cassettes <laughs> of songs that are mixed, unmixed, you know, like seven channels oh, that yeah. I can only listen to on the task cam. And I have not, I have yet to like try to put them into my computer. Now just wondering if 
if you had already gone through that, I was looking for a shortcut from the long, you know, because the long way is I'm going to have to just play each one track by track into my computer. You know, that's, that's what you're going to have to do. Uh, and no. I didn't know if you found if you found like a piece of software or a. I have a piece like of hardware. A, if you want to come and get it, hey, if you hey, want to get it. hey, hey, I don't, I'm, I don't swing like that. Uh, uh, but that R R sixteen, which is Tascam, you could plug all the direct ins and outs from the other one and just play it, and not really have to listen to it. And do it all at once, like do all seven channels at once. Uh, it, and it goes to digital then, and then you have it on an okay. SD card. Now, see now with the Tascam Portal One, it only has four channels. Right now, I say when I say I mixed it to seven. What I do is like I would did I did all the drums on four tracks and bounced them down to one. Right. Okay. And then I so you only the have four. You only have four tracks to transfer that. Right. Four tracks. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm thinking. I'm thinking the way in my brain. You, you understand what I'm saying? I yes. misrepresented. Yes. But it's actually just four. I understand. Yeah. Now, if okay. you wanna, if you wanna pay for shipping, I'll ship this thing to you, and you can use it. It will, it will, it will make it somewhat faster. You could do all four tracks at once. If you want to do that, oh, okay. and it will go to card, and then you could use the card, or you could use that to to do your final mixes with. But you can go to like uh, what are those little SD cards. Well, I have them all. Oh, the, here these things. You know, it puts them down to that, and then yeah, you put that okay. in the computer and read it off of that. Ah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Weigh, weigh it for me so I can know how much shipping is. It's light. See, it's light. Wow, at your age, if you can pick it up like that, it must be like exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's it's light as a feather. It's probably less than two pounds. I'm certain it's less than two pounds. About, about I just get nervous. I just get nervous. People shipping things that aren't mine that yeah, are electronic yeah. because yeah. So, no, but I appreciate the thoughts. But let's not do that because I'm too paranoid. All right, if you come to New it. York City to see the poster, which I'll find out about later this week, I'll meet you there, and then I'll just hand it to you, and you can take it home. Okay, and then I will bring it back in one piece in another I, trip. I never, I ha I bought it five years ago because I Mikey, I wanted to go to Mikey's house because it's too far for him to come here to record vocals. I bought it just for one trip to go to his house to record vocals, and then there's this nasty buzz everywhere in his house, so I never really used it. I don't think I yeah, ever will. Is that buzz from pot, or is that buzz from It's a ground, a ground hum somewhere in his fancy electric. Okay, Michelle, now you're ten, five minutes late, three minutes late. Four minutes. Later. I had. I mean, one of my proudest moments as a bass player is uh, when I moved into this house. I couldn't use my bass amp because there was a bad grounding issue. Right. Whenever I played my bass through my bass amp, I, I had to I had to play my bass through my guitar amp, and then EQ the crap. And I just got tired of it. And I found the grounding issue, and I fixed it. And now I can use my bass amp without. That is my proudest moment as a bass player. Now, what's no your proudest way. moment as a bass smoker? Well, it's the, the time that I put the fire out myself when I was running down the street, and I remember that stopping, dropping, and rolling was you, an option. You, Richard Pryor, ripoff. We've heard this story before. Uh, no, I don't think he stopped, dropping, and rolled. He ran to the police. Right. My, and also, mine is completely fabricated because I've never done that kind of drug. All right. Well, uh, this is oh, for everything.
I used to I used to smoke crack just to piss off wife number one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Was it uh, hers and you were using up her supply or you just no 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 it was it was because um the guys the guys that were like loosely in her circle that she really didn't like at all, they were all the crack smokers. So if I went and smoked crack with those dudes, she'd just get super pissed because she knew who I was doing it with. And she also knew that like those were the guys that were trying to get me laid by like other chicks all the time and stuff like that. So like it was a bad deal all around. Now were you that Definitely unattractive that you were you that unattractive that you had to have your friends help you do that or yeah, this is confusing why, why to me you, as listen, well. Every, every player knows every player knows that a good wingman is invaluable. But the best wingman I ever had was my son when he was three. So I mean, you know, but whatever. The, the idea of uh, trying to get you laid, like, why, what, what's in it for them to try to get you laid? I don't. I, it, oh, oh, because they also didn't like my wife. And so, oh. like, like to get to get me other pussy was a, a shot against her. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, like, man, yeah. this, this is fucking Peyton Place Listen, over here, I used man. to hang out with some real toxic motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Like, everybody yeah. everybody around me was toxic for a number of years. Okay. You know? Like, no one I want you to hold I want you to hold on to that. I want you to hold on to that story. And I want you to tell it back to the lady who does the past live things, because I want to know who she thinks that you've fucked with in the past life to come right. back with this kind of toxicity. Well, let me just remind you guys, and you're free to join me in the evening if you want, but she's not coming back to this program. She's coming back oh, to the nighttime to program. The Wednesday, 8 o'clock? Yes. So, okay, uh, so if you're scheduling that, can we get Dennis on that? That would be great. Who? De Dennis Cockerham, he's the the trailer park country guy. He's got that tailgating song. Like, listen, this dude, this dude already got a ton of play at all of the tailgating events at like NFL games and stuff. Next year, uh, he's already got word for sure that the Houston Texans will be playing that song in the stadiums. You know, uh, not to mention like these tailgating DJs are all playing it. At all the NFL tailgating events, I'm sure the tailgating that happens at the Super Bowl, I'm sure it's going to be featured there. Like he's got this song "Tailgate Crazy" that's this really it's doing doing well. Well, it's doing really I, well. the thing is, I don't really don't want musicians or comedians on the eight o'clock show. I really want to keep it to the you know books okay. and spiritual people and paranormal but, stuff. Well, that is supposed to be like an offshoot of what uh, my original. Uh, radio show was talking to paranormal people, talking to authors, that right. kind of scientists. Um, not really looking for comedians and musicians. I know he's got a morning job, uh, which keeps him from doing the morning show. But I really don't want. Well, any... and he's not. He's not. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to say this in the wrong way or whatever. But but I wouldn't. He wouldn't necessarily consider himself much a musician. It's not like he's had a career leading up to this or whatever. Like like this fell together, and and actually like I mean, you would be interested in the story. Of are, are you going to be on the show? What, what, we I'll come, get... Yeah, I, I would come. For, All right. Of course, I'd come. All right. So here's what you do. I'm giving you homework. You book him. You look at the calendar. You get back to him. Book the date. Now, GD, I'm giving you homework as well. Uh, <laughs> Find out who he is and care. 
No, uh, Aaron, <laughs> your, your buddy Aaron Bullet. he requested a date that was already taken because he wants to be a regular, and I'm, I'm glad to have him as a regular. Uh, but he requested a date that was already taken. I said, pick another date. He said, I did, and he didn't. So I just I don't like going back and forth with people. You know, just do it. Don't make me. F I'm, I'm sorry. He's a grown ass man. If you told no, him you are the senior black correspondent on the Coffee with the Dog show. You are responsible for all black people who <laughs> come on this program. All right, I'll call a nigga. <laughs> Thank you, and don't call him that. Call him. Either. You're the HNC. Well, you're around to call him that. You're alive. I can't call him, I can't call him that. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll do my three-fifths. Listen, YouTube associates, you guys are joined at the hip according to YouTube's AI uh, keyword thing. Uh, Aaron Bullitt and GD Fenderson come up locked. Sometimes it's Aaron and GD. Literally, they love you. They think you're like... I guess a you couple, look alike. I guess you all look alike. Black, with a new black power couple. Yeah. Bullet Fenderson. Fenderson yeah. was a bullet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good title for the next show, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to have him back on and let, welcome to be a regular. Um, but, you know, he, he just, he's one of these people don't seem to be able to figure out how to work that count. My count is my audience. Go to minddogtv.com slash booking and tell me if it's hard to every, figure out. Every audience, every audience member, book yourself on this show. No, no right just, just tell me if you can figure it out. Just look at it and say, is it really that confusing? Is it me? Because I think it's pretty simple. But Well, it's funny because I think – now, did you did you design the scheduling thing yourself or did someone else design it for you? It's Google it's, – uh, it's Apple Calendar just plugged in. It's my calendar that is part of the computer, and it's just calling all the information off my calendar there. And okay. then I just put a form in that says, okay, you request a date. When I see it comes through, I just add it to my calendar, and boom, it's automatically there. Okay. Right. I, I didn't look. If I could do it, and I am not tech savvy savvy, you I'm know who can idiot. do it? Oh, you know, you can though. I've totally, I've totally done the booking for other but, people. And yeah, if Willie could do it, he's not tech savvy. Yeah, yeah. And no, I've had the Geico Caveman literally like book head. a show. The Geico Caveman. Yeah, you just got to fill it out like you're okay, yeah, he just, he just plays an idiot on television. Yeah, well, but he doesn't. He's my not, cousin, by the way. Really. No, not uh, really. But oh. look at this crow magnum man bump that I oh, have. Yeah, yeah. You never know. This is why I wear a hat because I I look like a caveman if I do. You know, I almost I brought this the... forehead just sit out there. People think I'm from an, from another time. I almost brought that up last night. Like why with a full head of hair? Why you always have a hat on? Uh, yeah, it's because I it's because I have a shelf on my forehead. Can you, can you use makeup? Can you use like makeup, like shadowing? Or, or can you just draw another set of eyebrows on them? Or could you do a whole show with the coffee cup on the shelf? Oh, just put a cup up, up on the saying, shelf. I'd <laughs> be messed up. <laughs> could you like put in advertising, that. maybe put Lord on one eye and then put Lady on the other? That way you distract it from the home. Tattoo. Did you guys know that? I'm getting a neck tattoo. This, this like next week. Next next Tuesday, I think. Careful if they oh, pierce it too far, you oh, and then you die. 
I mean, now I'm, I'm sure. So, so that I means mean, you've given up your. Does that if you get the next tattoo, does that mean you have given up your dream of being a CEO for um, Mr. Musk? Because I know you want to be one of his executives. I know how much you no. appreciate him, but no, no, I don't I think don't. you can Hang be a CEO a and have a next tattoo. Just because I'm just because I'm interested in all the guy is up to doesn't mean I want to work for the dude or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just saying, he's, he's, I'm got just his, saying. He's, got his, he's got his hands in a lot of the things that I find interesting. Like um slavery and stuff. No, no, my thing is I'm just saying if you get a neck tattoo, then you're definitely putting yourself in the non-CEO category of his friends. so you can still be his friend. But you just right. won't be seen in public with him. I mean, Ever. Whatever. You'll be like his right. side piece friend. Side yeah. piece friend. Now, well, uh, fair play. this uh, Irish comedian is 15 minutes late. Now, if he's in New York City, he should, it should not be a time zone <laughs> issue. Because right. as far as I know, Long Island and New York uh, City are pretty, pretty close together. And yeah. What if he's in a different zone? voting district? Does that make a difference? It does not make a difference, no. Uh, could be. Uh, uh, I'm just assuming now, let me uh, just defame an entire uh, ethnic group. Race of people? Hey, no, okay. I'm Irish. That a race. Yeah, I'm very yeah, that's fucking true. Irish. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> noting that he's Irish, he could be hungover or, or still drunk from last night. It's, that's it's, probably most likely, yes. But it was uh, Tuesday. actual Ireland. I didn't. I didn't think Irish people got drunk on Tuesdays as a matter of religion. Uh, they get drunk on every day that ends with. Well, Monday. maybe he started at midnight, which would make it on Wednesday. That's true. That's, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I. That's why you're here, Matt, to keep me thinking outside of the box. Willie's always thinking inside of the box, and you're always thinking. Well, I'm always thinking about how to get inside get the, the box. box. Right, That's right. yeah, getting the what's in the box. All right, anyway, um, I do have a piece of news. One one piece of news, if you if you want to do it. Yeah, it, I, it, it, I think it's something you'll. Is this, find the, is, this the, is this is this how you've gotten one one point seven loads and no kids out of it? Stop your crackling. You you know what we're gonna you we're gonna rename you Crackling Rosie. Crackling. Cracklin' Rosie. Why Rosie? Because that's a song, right? Cracklin' Rosie. Cracklin' Rosie, get on board. You don't know Neil Diamond? Cracklin' Rosie? I thought Did it was you Cracklin just ask Rose. me if I know Neil Diamond? I am a, I am a straight... Willie Will, Will fanned oh, on no, a I George Burns re a reference last night. I said, say goodnight, Gracie. And he I didn't... Mean, dude, you know and, how long it's been? Listen... <laughs> I, w I was thinking about going with the the Mar Rowan and Martin, and you probably would have taken that really bad. Uh, say good night, Dick. Good night, Dick. Say good night, yeah. Dick. Would have been even worse. But he great. He's like, say good night, Gracie. Who's Gracie? Like, oh, uh, and, and then and it wasn't even right away. Like like three minutes later, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, was that a George Burns reference? What the <laughs> fuck? Where'd that come from? Oh oh. So, so, oh, that's it. It was just the two of them. So there wasn't a delay issue. It's not like they were. Was there a delay issue at any no, point? No, of course not, because there was no guest. It was just the two of them sitting next to each other talking. So, but you were interacting with them when you said goodnight, Gracie. No, I just I put it on the screen. I put. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's. Uh, what do I have news? Yeah, let's go with.
And Willie has the news. Here's the news with Willie. Willie Cronkite. And he's probably muted. No, Yeah, he's muted. Unmute. Yeah. All right. No, I'm not. No, you're not All now. Right. Started today. Some of your... What? I'm not muted, right? No. I shouldn't be. No, you're on delay, okay. though. All right. Jiminy Christmas. All right. Oh, sorry. I can't help that. <laughs> Starting today, some of your favorite music will no longer be available on TikTok. Universal Music Group, representing artists such as Adele, Billie Eilish, Drake, and T-Swifty, was unable to come to a new licensing agreement with TikTok Music Service, so the UMG stated in a letter to artists yesterday that they had been pressing TikTok for more appropriate compensation for artists and songwriters, protecting human artists from harmful effects of the AI and online safety for issues. As they were unable to reach terms, the UMG pulled their artists from the TikTok platform. Wow. Uh, now, how does that affect one we'll see with his uh, almost 18 million streams on uh, DistroKid? 1.8. Oh, 1.8. Almost 1.8. Yeah. Uh, yeah we're like I thought it was 18 million. No, it's 1.8. Look at the... Hang on. Uh, it's 1. Point, let me, I screenshotted it because I'm super proud of it. <laughs> I have almost two streams. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, last as of last night, it was one million seven hundred eighty-four thousand twenty-eight streams on Lonely yeah. Man, and Lonely then the next, Man. and the next one down is three thousand nine <laughs> nine thousand and four. Yeah. I don't. I, how do how do you get to such a wide disparity from one million seven eighty-four to three thousand nine hundred four? Well, the songs are very different for one. That and that's definitely fair because Lonely Man is definitely a country song. Um and get up to getting down is a pretty lewd hip hop song, really. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it it is very lewd, really. I just want to say something to the promoters out there. It's not that I don't like you; it's that I hate you, and I want you to get ass cancer, and I want your whole family to get ass cancer. So stop coming at me with, "Do you want promotion services?" No, get ass cancer, rot your fucking ass away. And go get a job. That's all I just want to say. Thank you. That because, sounds like a country song. And well, it's kind of like a hip hop lewd, hip hop country okay. ass cancer song. <laughs> oh yeah. They don't you know, stop. They don't make enough songs about ass cancer. I'll tell you that. That's for sure. Well, ass cancer really isn't it's a, a lost thing. art. It is. A, it's a lost yeah, art. Yeah. What do you mean ass cancer isn't a thing? What do you think prostate cancer is? That's ass cancer. That's that's prostate cancer. It's not ass cancer. Is it, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's close enough. Close <laughs> enough. Well, prostate cancer. Prostate cancer is not as cancerous as ass cancer. It's not as cancerous. As, right, as cancer, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my god, yeah, it's Did not, yeah, right? oh it's god. not as cancerous as as cancer, right? I do right. want to, I do want to say that uh, I'm super, super proud of my wife. Um, you know, just so you guys know, like that, she was sat that so close far... to you for that long and not got pregnant, not getting pregnant. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, yeah, she can't get pregnant anymore. Otherwise, she probably would have. But um, I just want to say that was like really, really far outside her comfort zone, and she did a great job. She, she pretty comfortable, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, she came across real comfortable. She was very smiley and stuff, which is good, you know. Uh, yeah, and I, 
I'm super proud of her for for doing for agreeing to do it for actually doing it. Um, and uh, can we circle back a little bit to what we were talking, what you were talking about before you brought us on, though, because I think it's kind of important. What about Lee uh, and getting? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. What do you have? What do you got to comment on? What well, do you want to say? What do you? Have? Well, because I I definitely understand um, how you see me uh, similarities in me and that guy or whatever, and um, I want to tell you specifically that I appreciate and I and I feel like I've I've tried to do a good job at like when you tell me things like when you message me personally and tell me things like you always do a really good job of like being hey like I'm not trying to be a downer but I just want to kind of bring you more back into reality and how things are or whatever I appreciate immensely that you do that because because I I know a hundred percent what you're talking about about the high highs and the low lows and like the higher your highs are the more devastating the the lows that you generally feel that you know the the lows that I go through are are the same lows pretty much all the time. But because I get to some high heights in the awesome things that happen, it makes those the reasonable low lows that I go through, it makes them seem lower when they're really not. It's just that I'm coming from such a high up place that when I hit that fucking basement, it's a harder hit because I'm wow. coming from a higher spot. Yeah. But I'm the same low that I always you know, tend to go to or whatever. So yeah. I appreciate that that you you help keep me grounded. But and people people who have suicidal ideation, um, I think, because we all go through ebbs and tides and stuff. But for yeah. people who have suicidal ideation, it's only a contair. I'm sorry to use that word. Am I in trouble? Uh, a contair. A fine contair. I, I find cunt hair from yeah. uh, being down to being, I want to kill myself. And that is, yeah. uh, and, and people, you never, you never know when somebody's harboring those thoughts. They don't really come out and, and really tell you that. If they do, you have a chance to try to do something about it. But often, right. too often, what gets me with Lee People who loved him and know him a lot longer than I do, people who lived in the same house with him, are shocked. And like, do how could, really, okay. do you honestly, do you sincerely think they were really shocked, or do you think there's a possibility they were just in like real denial? Like, that, yeah, because if you know, if say. you know someone suicidal, um, like my stepfather yeah. was suicidal, and my mother knew it, and I think that she used that to push him over the edge when she was tired of being married to him. Well. But, so, Here's the thing: the guy who the guy who introduced us, he he felt it necessary to tell me it was by his own hand. Like I knew he's fifty four years old. He wasn't sick, uh, and he died suddenly. Like it's either a car crash, an accident, or murder, or he did, took a, his own life. And if and you know anything about him at all, you would automatically assume it was another suicide. Right. And he also had said to you, if I got this right, that 54, that number sounds about right. And he was 54. No, Lee told me, yeah, he told me that on this program because we were talking right. about my documentary and, and right. where it says that I thought I was going to, every male in my family died at 54. And he said it was, now I didn't even think about his age until yesterday when he said, did you hear about Lee? And I was like, and then I said, you know, in my mind, I was like, he killed himself. 
automatically. And then later last night, I think, and how old is he? I know he's 10 years younger than me. That makes him 54. He actually told me he was going to do it. So he didn't tell yeah, me that's he was kill himself yeah. at 54. Yeah, so I didn't know if you like made that connection. As soon as they said like he's dead, like, oh, he was 54, he's done it. No. But, but the the lesson I think for people, and I, I like both you guys to think about this and comment on it. I hate to be serious. He was supposed to have a comedian who didn't show up, so I'm kind of mad okay, at I'll, him. I'll mock him. I'll, I'll go ahead and mock. But you just you just you just do your thing, can, and I'll can mock you mock him, him in an Irish accent? But no, about this idea about wanting recognition it, it, nobody gets into show business who doesn't want recognition for their talent i mean we all do we want to be recognized for it but you have to realize and i think we were talking about this with the author the other day because she is not pigeonholing like most others authors do into one genre and i think that limits your appeal to recognition from one you know they say niche down Right. Lee was really, he rejected the idea of show business. He rejected the idea of being phony in any way, completely authentic. And I think you have to uh, come to terms with, if I do that, I'm not going to get the recognition I so much crave. Like, the very first conversation he had, how many Grammys you got? Our first conversation, he wanted to fight me. Uh, So how many Grammys do you have? Zero. Oh really? That's it? None? Yes. <laughs> exactly. I have none, and I'm yeah. the only happy musician that you are. So I feel like I'm winning. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah, I've never put in, uh, an ounce ounce of uh, uh, credibility on the Grammys anyway. But I think in the roots category, he felt like that was recognition by your peers. The funny thing is, his peers, everybody who saw him perform knows how good he was. He was an extraordinary guitar player, very good singer, extraordinary guitar player. Uh, and everybody who, well, every musician who saw him knew that. So Pete, his peers did recognize him, but he wanted recognition from an industry that just right. doesn't care about blues music. You know, they don't care about authenticity. I don't care if it's bluegrass. I don't care. Folk music. If you're going to be authentic in that, you're not doing country hip hop. You're not doing Taylor Swift pop. Or, uh, or I don't know whoever the next pop star is. But if you're not doing that, you're not going to get that recognition, that you know, mass recognition on that kind of thing. And it, it's a hard thing for people to kind of accept is that if I choose the road of, you know, the higher road of real authentic art, that no matter how good I get, my recognition, I'm narrowing my field of, of right. potential customers. But you know, it's it's just so sad. Like, why does that? Why is that so important to you? What? Well, that well, that's why I choose being mediocre at like multiple media, <laughs> as opposed to being really, really good at one. Because I can right. be really good at sitting on a sofa and watching television. I mean, that is my niche thing. That is like my gift. But yeah. if I'm going to be recognized, no one's going to see me sitting on a sofa watching television. So if I'm going to get right. the recognition I deserve, I'm going to have to be really mediocre at a lot of things. Well, I so, think that's I, why on my way to a gig, I'm always negative. Like, this is going to suck. This is going to suck. And then when it does suck, I'm not, I've, I've expected it. So I'm not, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't suck, I do get on a very, like, the, yes, yeah, yesterday yeah. I was on a high. People would tell me it was like a, uh, one of the best shows they've seen. I, I know, 
you know, I'm, it just sounds like I'm being bragging or something. I'm not, but I hit my marks yesterday. I, w- I was feeling I, myself on, like I was being entertaining more than just, and I was singing better than I normally sing, right. and it just felt good. And I felt like I, the crowd was with me and supporting. And the more I did that, the more they, it felt like they were with me. And I walked out of there like, wow, I'm on a fucking high talking to myself about, wow, that was great. I, you know, and I could deal with traffic and all that stuff. But, you know, I think there are sometimes, and I don't know if you guys go through this, but like Sunday, much as people told me, you were very good and all that, and I, the tip thing was full and all that, people were thanking me, but I still walked out of there saying, man, you suck. You you should give up. Don't do this anymore. I'm saying that to myself. Well, that's that car. imposter syndrome. You know, that's like an actual thing, you know, imposter syndrome. And, and it's, you know, it's your brain attacking yourself. Telling the telling you that you're no good, even though there's all these indicators that say that you are, you know, and like so, like for me, for instance, seeing that number in DistroKid yesterday, like that allows me when when my brain starts attacking me, like I can go back to that and be like, listen, nobody. Nobody that you grew up with ever thought that you would have a song. Let, let me tell you something. We, we've already talked about how I can I can kind of be a moderating force with you. One point seven million streams, uh, almost one point eight million streams on there is a real accomplishment. You got to be really proud of that. I mean that that is for an independent artist that's extraordinary and i think you can grow from there uh it's how do you make that because you've seen the numbers that that it really uh, comes out to like that dollar of yeah every every million streams every hundred thousand streams or something like 18 bucks for 18 million streams is ridiculous but uh the fact that you most independent artists are at the numbers that other song at at tops like they would be delighted with 4,000 streams like the other the next song on there has uh 1.7 million that's a great accomplishment you've got to be very proud of that but please don't get too like wow excited about but it's a company to build what it does what it does is it silences that imposter is what i'm saying you know what i mean like like that imposter no longer gets to have a voice with me because the facts already tell me something different. You know what I mean? Well, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm God, really, I'm sorry. Well, you should and, be you sorry. Know, so, no, like, let's tell him that so you should like, be sorry. You, no, <laughs> you should be sorry. You're rude. You're uh, thoughtless. You're, you're inconsiderate. You're a bad person. And I'm, and I'm only three fifths of a person. I'm so sorry. I'm half the man. We'll give you uh, seven tenths. How about that? Seven tenths of a person. Uh, do you feel better? Okay. So now I'm a woman. Is that what you're saying? No. Yes. No. What does that even mean? Uh, (laughs) It's a a pay rate. It's a pay wage thing. It's a suffrage. It's a suffrage thing. Yeah. Oh. It's a suffrage thing. You you wouldn't know because you're not a woman. Now, what was the question to to Willie uh, before I I, felt like putting you down? I was just going to say that as far as the imposter syndrome goes, whenever I'm feeling down, one of the things I do to pick myself up is I watch the video of Zsa Gabor on Johnny Carson with her cat. <laughs> so whenever I'm feeling down, because that makes me smile. Just Wait. watching that video over and over again, it makes me smile. Do you invite it. Mandela over the house to watch it with you? 
Well, I have invited Mandela many, many times. Um, but it, apparently his phone number has changed like recently, like in the past few years. Uh-oh, that's the Mandela effect. So it, the phone number is not what you remember it? No. That's the Mandela or, effect right there. Damn. Yeah, it is. So, uh, it so, is. I, so when I get down, I watch Zsa Zsa Gabor and Johnny Carson. That's, you know, that's how I pick myself up. I just pull out the VHS, pop it in the thing, and I watch it. Uh, now, I remember Ava on Merv. It would be a good question to see if Zsa Zsa Gabor <laughs> was ever even on Johnny Carson. And I mean literally on Johnny oh, I'm Carson. Sure. on my VCR sure. tape. I remember it, okay? I remember it. Stop fucking with my head, Mr. Listen, Matt. You think Mr. Mind Dog with the mind, Mr. Mind Dog with the mind tricks, trying to make me think I don't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> when you see what Kelly, hang on, Kelly's got to. <laughs> Kelly says that when she's when she's feeling down, she goes on Twitter and harasses an old man that lives on Long Island. I know lots of old <laughs> men that live on Long Island. I could hook her up with one. Oh, she means me? Oh. Yeah, yeah, she's talking about you. Uh, oh, my God. I never get harassed. Um, so, I so never get harassed. Your neck, I never get harassed. Tattoo on your neck, what's the tattoo on your neck going to say? Nazis. Oh, dude. It's going to be a, so a swastika. Thank you gonna for asking. It's going to be a swastika. No. White power. No, far from it. Bro, what? But be a swastika. I, will, I, will say, I will say that I am getting a patriotic tattoo, so a lot of people are probably going to think that I'm a Trumpster of some sort or whatever. But anyway, I'm going to get a rippling American flag that's all beat up. Uh, with Don't do that. Don't do that. Because if you... If you ever... If you're ever... If somebody ever looks at you upside downwards, now your neck is in distress because that's what the upside down flag is. So you right. don't want... Don't do the flag. Get something else. Get something else that no matter how people look at it, the meaning doesn't... Yeah, get something else that no matter how people look at it, the meaning doesn't change. Otherwise, your neck will be in distress half the time. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not... Look, I don't know anything about tattoos. Like, I don't, don't know anything about comedy. So you go ahead. You do. You do. You tattoo. You tattoo you. It's, very, it's a very important tattoo to me. And uh, um, Why? Big... Why? Because, you so don't even have is, it yet. How could it be attached to it? You don't even have it yet. That's like that's not liking an unborn baby. That's what? true. Yeah, it's like liking an unborn baby. You don't even have this tattoo and you're defending it with your life. Come on. You don't even have Bro, it yet. Because, because it for. means a lot to me. This is this is my like uh my this is my out of prison celebrating being out of prison and that oh. they were wrong about me tattoo. Because the oh. whole five percent so you know, you got to remember in 2007, when I got processed into prison, they told me that my projected recidivism rate, which is the likelihood that I would go back to prison within three years of my release, they said that my projected recidivism rate was 95%. They pretty much told me that you're not going to know life outside of prison. You're just going to come back. And this is my seventh year out of prison. Um, and like, I got my initial parole, my first opportunity of parole I was given. I never had a write up during all my time on parole. And I was released from parole, like almost three years early because of good behavior and stuff like that. So on my motherfucking neck where everybody can fucking see it and it's nice and in everybody's fucking face, I'm going to get a beat up American fucking flag 
with a 5% right in the fucking middle of it. So everybody knows that I live a 5% life of fucking freedom because well, that's I, something they told me I couldn't fucking do. Make sure the five is uh, discernible and nobody thinks it's a one percenter. Yeah, no uh, kidding. No, no kidding. Yeah, that, that for sure. For, for sure. I'm yeah. mindful of that. And but I'm also and I'm mindful of the fact that this is the kind of tattoo that people are going to ask you about over and over and over again. What is this? This is uh, from the other night. You see all those signatures on the flag. First of all, that's desecration of the flag. But that's not even the right flag. Those, I think those 50 stars in a peace sign, I think that's kind of a dis, dis, uh, desecration of the flag. But this is uh, from Jackie's Q&A. This woman brought her flag. She's got all these celebrities who have signed her flag. You see all those signatures all over it. Jackie's like, the first time anybody's ever asked me to sign a flag. I got her picture. She's gonna be in my little Jackie Don. And the guy standing behind her is the guy, that guy Corey, who uh, who wrote to me and said, "You might want to interview Jackie Martling." It's like, duh, dude. Uh, Jackie's got like, <laughs> Jackie's got the keys to the store. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, look at all those signatures she's got. She takes that flag everywhere. There's a possibility of of a meet and greet. And I wanted to uh, talk about meet and greets just a little bit here because. I've said this a thousand times. I compare music and comedy way too much. But if you go to see Aerosmith, Aerosmith is not hanging around after the show to give every single person, and now they couldn't if it was like Madison Square Garden or some gigantic place like this. They're not giving every member of the crowd five minutes of their time to come up, shake their hand, take a picture with them, sign something, kiss and hug and all that kind of stuff. Comedians are almost expected to do that after every show. It's not just the time, the time on the stage, but I was looking at Jackie. It was a good probably 90 minutes after the show that he was dealing with audience audience members that's for a guy 76 years old that's wearing him out i talked to him about a, it yeah that's a lot he loved it he he loves that and that was i thought he was and i i felt bad for him i was like god oh, man i i can't imagine how yet at my gigs generally two or three people will come up and say they've they enjoyed it or you get like that drunk guy and I remember this very clearly. A drunk guy who he came up and he was shaking our hands. And he's the kind of guy who shakes your hand and never lets go. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and Barone, the drummer, uh, just yelled at him, I can't shake your hand any longer. Uh, it, it, it made the whole fucking place laugh. But that's what we get. We don't get, what, what? the hell is GD doing? GD? He's yeah, uh, going sideways. He's going, I don't know. He's, he's weirding out. Now he's gone. He'll be oh back. Yeah. So, yeah, the big part of, of the comedy thing is the Q&A, the, the meet and greets after. We don't ever have to do that. And I can't imagine anybody, like, even a folk singer or somebody out there just doing, like, a, a solo show, having to deal with every single person in the crowd and stand there like a, 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 a reception line for them. It's I will say the, the – the, I saw Whitney Cummings. When I went to Whitney Cummings' show – um she 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 was very gracious uh dude that girl that girl literally gave her coat that she was wearing away she gave her shoes away um and she did but i will say that towards the end like when the as the crowd got smaller because she 
did sell, but she did them. She didn't come down and do them. She did them from the stage, but she was like, if people want to do, but then she did change and start doing, once the crowd got smaller, she came down from the stage, but she told people straight up, have your camera ready. Like, I'm not, I'm not fucking waiting for you to get your camera open and blah, blah, blah. So like she said, have your camera out and ready and let's go, you know, and boom, 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 boom. You know, I can't so, imagine even say because that's uh, and I uh, she probably didn't mean that to be like full of herself, but get your camera ready. As it feels like, oh, look at me. Oh, I'm so wonderful, man. Look at me. Uh, thank you. No, no, what, what I know. No, like, I'm just saying you know, I, I don't I'm not putting that on her. I'd say that's how yeah. I would feel about saying that. Get your camera ready. Uh, yeah, no, it, it definitely, it definitely wasn't in that in that tone or whatever. But I know yeah. what you're saying. Like, like, um, uh, what is that, Ron Burgundy? Hey, everyone, come look at how good I look, or come see how good I look, or whatever. Yeah, you got to see. Uh, and I'm still waiting for Brendan to put out that episode with with, with Jackie. But there's uh, when Brendan was on with us uh, during the potathon, he's like, I'm so full of myself tonight. He's like, uh, yeah, I thought I'd take it to the next level. And he was just going all, uh, all these cliches that, uh, Hollywood people say that are so full of themselves that, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, which reminds me, I have a challenge for you, Willie. Yes. Well, I mean, just before, can y'all hear me? Huh? I just want to make sure you could hear me because I was having difficulties. I can't hear you because you're having difficulty. Damn it. I hate when I do that. I know. You're being difficult. Uh, no, I have a challenge for Willie. You, you, right. could, you could try it too, GD, if you want. Uh, but being, being a successful white man for a day? Nah. Nah, that could never happen. You, could do, you, can't, you can't pull off white face. Maybe you could. Really? I, that isn't... Really? That isn't... Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he can pull off white face. I think you should do it. Uh, if you could do it, you should do it. You should you should pull off white. You should do a uh, do white face one day. Just pick a day and come on here and be like uh, Brad Brad White Man. Uh, hey, the, the only problem, a, the only problem I like have trading places, GD. I could do blackface and you could do whiteface. No, the only problem I have with that is that my skin is so sensitive that it breaks out when I put makeup and stuff on it. That's why I haven't done it for like. A I, lot of I could years. I could get you a white guy mask. One of you know. Have you oh, seen I have those? I have white guy masks. Those really convincing them. ones that they sell. I don't know. It looked uh, on on social media. Oh no, no. I have a Trump mask and a Biden mask. They have like an old man mask that really looks authentic. Like you can put it on and you actually. I mean, it looks like a movie quality, uh, believable latex mask. They have all sorts of those you, things. Though. Are you talking about? Are you talking about this mask? No. Is this the mask you're talking about? No. <laughs> it, oh, where the oh, white women at? Again with that white women. But uh, okay, let me do the t- I have the wait, challenge. Wait, the no. challenge for <laughs> Willie because Willie says he, uh, he 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 boasts about uh, being able to do voiceover stuff and, and any. He said I could do anything yeah. I ask. Quote: I could do anything you ask me to do. That's what the quote was. Yeah. I want you to listen yeah. to. Modern country uh, DJs, not the well. There's two parts of this on the radio. Listen to the radio and the talk-ups uh, with these phony guys. For four minutes, they do a uh, 
like a talk up to a song coming out of well they'll talk about like what's going on locally an event or something like that and then lead right into the next song but they do it with this such a put on phony uh, fm radio voice i oh, used yeah, to be sure. able to do that for 10 seconds at a time and I, I probably can't even do it for 10 seconds at a time but to mock that but to also incorporate change the wording of it so that you're saying funny shit but keeping that voice on that's one Right. And the other one is the FM radio car commercial where they scream at you and yell ridiculous stuff. Yeah, come on down for the one night, blah, 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 and, the, and the manager's wife will suck your dick and 20% off. Get that deal right now. That kind of thing. If you could do something so, that, like that, a comedic take on the radio car commercial guy, if you could pull that off uh, so, authentically. When I was, uh, I was a telemarketer in the late 90s. And, um, one of the things that I noticed about people is that uh, different people in different parts of the country would respond differently to like your tone of voice and your meter and stuff like that. And and like whenever I would call somebody in California, I would be like, I'm calling Discover Card members on behalf of American Bankers Life and American Bankers Insurance Company of Florida. How you doing today, sir? You know, like, like just over the top, like very excited. And like, I would go through my whole spiel like that, you know, like, and, uh, and even when, uh, you know, so yeah, no, I look forward to that. Uh, I'll definitely, uh, uh, yeah, well, the way I would, the first part is the F, the FM radio. It basically, I've been listening to a lot of country stuff because I'm doing these country gigs and I want to get more, uh, stuff that's in my wheelhouse to sing, but listening to these guys in between. Now the traffic guy will come on and the commercial guy and then, but then that the regular DJ comes on and he's just like so fucking phony. It's not like excited. It's just yeah. uh, Hollywood bullshit. You're like, I know you don't talk to people in that tone of voice. Why are you doing that on the radio? Do you think that makes me like you more? Because it makes me want to come down there and fucking choke you. Uh, that guy. And then. Right. This, well, they're using their radio voice. Yeah. Well, I don't like that radio like, voice. If you go to sporting events, like a sporting announcers do it a lot, too. I've yeah. noticed. You yeah. know what I mean? Joe List does a great uh, sport uh, sports guy uh, stuff commentary from the stands and covering the game, uh, but then those car guys with their really fast, loud, abrasive. Why is every car commercial? Now, car commercial, you can tell the difference between a car commercial, a soap commercial, or any other commercial on the radio. Everyone is so full of energy and so full of come on now, we got all these big fucking crazy deals and that's where i think like they, they're ready to throw in a blowjob from the general manager's wife anything to get you to come down to the lot we're selling 2022s with no 20, uh 2022s with absolutely no interest and get four thousand dollars off if you buy today man uh, like what the fuck man what, you guys take does every car company feel like i don't know like you gotta fucking yell at people to sell a car maybe that's the problem maybe that's why you still got 22s on on your lot because that's you, weird because well, that's on the radio because when when i watch television commercials they just use sex to try to sell the cars oh yeah well i don't watch television i, I don't <laughs> it's been a while uh but i remember <laughs> i don't even really remember car com i remember you know the truck commercials those uh you know pickup trucks commercials were big time but i don't remember a lot of car commercials i should watch a day of television just to refresh what it's like <laughs> 
broadcast television. Uh, so, Moshera, uh, you're not welcome on this program. Why did you even bother booking? Uh, now, I'm just going to read. I'm going to read his little intro that he gave me here. Born in Why did you read it? Why give him the press? Be because there's, there, there's something I would probably feel uh, not uh, offended by, but just uh, should have given me a hint that the guy was... Uh, he was going to stiff me. Born in Ireland, moved to New York in 2018. Been here long enough to dislike a new batch of immigrants. That pisses me off. I mean, I know that's funny. But um, you know what? You're, you've been, that's not long enough to not like a new batch of immigrants. You've been here since 2018. I could see if you said I got here in 1954, I'm here long enough to not like a new batch of immigrants. But you've been here six years. You don't get to say who's allowed to come in and who's not allowed to come in. Fuck you. <laughs> right, that's not even a generation. That's not even a generation. I agree. Not, not even a half a generation. Um, yeah. That reminds so, yeah. me of the Irish guy that was in uh, William Cuddy's fold in Gangs of New York. Remember? Uh, you know what uh, I'm I didn't, about? Yeah, I didn't watch I some saw movie. that movie. Rubbing elbows with the natives. I didn't like that movie. I saw it. What? I, I was like, I don't. I didn't like it. All right. Amazing. Well, uh, no, we uh, we don't have to have him on the program. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did not I, I, I like that movie. Well, I didn't see it, and I like it. So yeah, we I balance each other out. You you saw it and didn't like it. I didn't see it, and I liked it. So we're we're at a, we balance each other out there. Okay. I don't, I don't really give a fuck about it. I don't give a fuck about it. Uh, that Daniel Day-Lewis. I don't know why he's the biggest actor in the world, why people... I get maybe he's convincing or whatever. Something about him. I, I'm not interested in, in yeah. a movie. Either. <laughs> You've got good range. What do you laughing oh, at? You've got a lot of good Ian, range. You know, Ian, I'm pretty sure your coffee... Snow... Oh, Ian. I'm sorry. Ian just said, I'm out of milk. Today, my coffee is blacker than GD. My coffee is always blacker than GD. Not... Say, it, doesn't, it doesn't take much for your coffee to be blacker than me. I am so mocha. Yeah, he, he is uh, like milk chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm... I'm uh, not even like milk in the wrong yeah. In the wrong neighborhoods, I can't even pass for black. <laughs> I'm, that's probably true. Or the right neighborhoods. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no. Uh, where were we? We were somewhere. Uh, I forget. Oh, Daniel Day-Lewis. I I don't know. He's just one of the actors that I'm just... I get he's... People think he's, like, the, a great actor. I just... I can't get interested in him. Uh, I don't know. Something about him. I want to fight him. I, I have no... Damn it. I have a... Okay. Fuck. It takes, like, three minutes to tell the story. I'm going to try to do it in less. Before you tell the story, can I ask if, if you ever look at somebody and just think, I want to fight that guy, just by based on the way they look. They just don't like him because... Yeah, yeah, myself in the mirror every day. <laughs> you you right. have no idea what it's like to look in the mirror and want to punch yourself in the face. Going, have you ever punched it. yourself really hard? It's, it's, oh, yes. Uh, oh, I've yes. done it. I have hit myself in the head with a wrench because I was working on something, and I have arachnophobia. No, I mean, I try. I try. No, I'm just saying, I, I try real hard to hide it or to at least cope with it, but. If I'm caught off guard and a spider just like appears out of nowhere, then you see like the real fear. And I had a wrench. I was doing my job. I was working and 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 the spider just like jumped down and landed on my head. And I went 
<laughs> you know, when you said that, my head hurt. We just say, I, I really I got a sharp pain right in the top of my skull when you said that. It was an yeah. and it was an open it was a it was a Stanley open and adjustable wrench with a blue latex handle. Yes. Wow. Just uh, so uh, 12 if, inch, twelve a twelve inch. If you remember the three minute story that you wanted to tell, tell that story because when you're done with that story, we'll play a commercial. I'll go get coffee and maybe the next guest will be kind of in the green room. So you got you got okay. three. We'll give you three and a I'll half minutes. Okay, when I was in seventh grade, uh, my teacher, my favorite t teacher to this dying day, a guy named William Eldridge, um, he, uh, I, it was an enrichment program. It was like gifted and talented before we had gifted and talented. I how, got how did you get early. there? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I just oh, wondered how you got there. Go ahead, no, oh, just go ahead, skate I, over he that. He left the he left the door open. He left the door open. That's how I got in. So like I'm sitting in the back of the classroom, and he didn't know I was there. He had his back to, you know, he was working on the blackboard. And so he's putting the lessons up, and he has a piece of chalk in each hand, and he starts writing um, today's date. He wrote the date, and then he wrote, um, home, he wrote home assignment for class. And he's got one piece of chalk in each hand, and he's writing on two blackboards side by side like this. And then he got to the part where it goes, Class, there was class seven six, which is what I was in, and class seven seven, which was the class that wasn't as smart as, as us, but they could be if they tried a little bit harder. So, so there was, and he wrote class seven six with his left hand and seven seven with his right hand, and then he starts writing the two different assignments with two different hands at the same time, and I was fucking blown away, and so I snuck in the class the next day to watch him do it again. It's amazing, and it was like. And it was like, and I said, I've got to fucking learn to do this. So I went home and I practiced my ass off writing with both hands and then writing two different things at the same time. And I was like, after right. about a month, after about a month that I could do it, I go to, I didn't tell him, I didn't tell him I was practicing. I wanted to surprise him. I wanted his approval because I really liked this teacher. He was so fucking good and so fucking smart. So I wanted to surprise him and I wanted to Im impress him. So I went into class and I said, Mr. Eldridge, do you mind if I write the home assignment on the class today, on the board today? He goes, go ahead. And so I picked up two pieces of chalk and I started doing what he did. You know, and I started to write and I did the two things. And I am so fucking proud that I wrote the two assignments with the two different hands. And when I was done, he looked at me and he says, yes, but can you do it with your feet? And I went, fuck. So I went home and I practiced my ass off writing with my feet, taking the toes, taking the shoes off, putting the pencils in my feet and learning to write with my feet. And I learned to write my name with my feet. And, you know, so I could write my name with both feet, just like that. And so I went to class after about two or three months and I sat down and I, I didn't say a word. He was sitting at his desk. I didn't say a word. I just sat down, pulled up a chair, sat down and I took off my shoes and socks, put a pen in. Pen, put a pen in each foot, each toes, and I started writing on the paper. And he looked at me, he goes, I didn't say I could do it. I just asked if you could. <laughs> and so I spent all that fucking time trying to impress him. And he never said that he could do it. I was just so, and so knowing that I could do that, is what I say, knowing that I could do that, when the movie came out, my left foot, I said to myself, Fuck Daniel J. Lewis, <laughs> because I can write with my feet, both feet at the same time. Fuck Daniel Day-Lewis. And that's a talent that I never got to use. Not on Letterman, 
not I, on stupid I didn't even tricks. know I didn't even know about that movie. I knew the title of it, but I never knew what it was about or or that Daniel Day Lewis uh you know showed that I skill. But let me just let me just finish my thought here. I think you did uh, the wrong thing here because if I was challenged to do that or even if I perceived I was challenged to do that, I'd say, fuck you. I'm going to do it with my ass. And I would put a pen in my ass and fucking write to write my name with my ass. But I'm going to tell you now, I've done I have done a number of burlesque That's how twerking started. And I can't tell you how many people, how many women I've seen paint portraits with their ass, but I've never seen them write with their feet. So, and maybe because it's low-hanging fruit, I don't know. Have you ever but, seen that guy play the guitar with his feet? He's fucking amazing. The guy's got no arms, but he plays guitar with his feet like uh, well, like Eddie Van problem. Halen. That's no choice. He had no what? choice. Yeah. Let, give me someone who has a choice and chooses to do it. Yeah. There was a lady with no arms that was driving and going through the drive through And when I saw that bitch... Take one of them big, like a large fucking fast food cup from the person at the window and hand it into with her goddamn no, no, foot. You don't mean hand it. With her you don't mean hand foot. it. You mean foot it. Yeah, she foot it. Yeah. She didn't hand it. Yeah, foot it. Whatever. Tell the, tell the story the way it actually happened, Willie. Don't embellish. But that was one of the most crazy things I'd ever fucking seen. Like, not only this bitch. Now, didn't he drink it after her shit. foot? Wait a minute, after her foot was in the drink and the toe, because to hold it, you had one toe. Like, she literally, she literally, like, took her toes and, like, curled it enough to, like, hold on to it, like, and with her toes and just monkey footed it across and just sat it down. Like, monkey footed it. Craziest thing I'd ever seen. Monkey footed it. Oh, my God. Is that not. Is that not okay to say? I'm sorry. Did I, I no, know. It, no, no, it's fine. It's it's funny. It's funny. Whenever we did yeah, whenever I, we did stuff with our toes and stuff, uh my parents would say that we have monkey feet because we could grab, pick stuff up, move stuff. I need a long enough commercial here to go get my coffee. Uh I'm not playing the uh, no, I'm not fucking playing that. That's that's too uh, it's just too bad for me, but I it's can three minutes go. long. I know it's um, way too long. Play, the play other the one, Reverend, play the Reverend's coffee. No, the T-shirt one. I'm just kidding. you don't have that. I have we to don't have load that. it up. I do yeah, have the have the original it. Naked Wine Spot, and I, that gives me uh, slightly less than three like minutes. minutes. Yeah, 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 two yeah, minutes. Yeah. So I'm going to play Naked Wines. Although uh, it's not the uh, we should let me play one before I play the Naked Wines thing. I just want to say, and this is not for me. This is for Willie's benefit uh, to support the show at night. This is uh, for uh, Luminar Neo. Uh, check this one out. This is a short one, and then I'll uh, play. Oh Naked coming this winter pre-order now you don't have to pre-order it's already out uh link is uh not in the description but on the home page of mindogtv.com uh, click that link and get you all your special discounts that willie can probably tell you about better than i can uh, but Luminar Neo, let me just tell you, as an avid Photoshop user, I think it's better than Photoshop. It's cheaper than Photoshop, and there's no learning curve. You can get uh, being uh, a photo manipulating uh, bastard, if I 
fucking call you a bastard in a, in a matter of minutes. So I will be right back. We're going to play Naked Wines, and we'll be right back. Welcome to A Better Way to Buy Wine. NakedWines.com is a customer-funded wine business. We don't just sell wines. We make them happen. Since launching in the UK in 2008, Angels have helped us invest in over 159 independent winemakers in 14 different countries. Turns out, it's better business for everyone. Our winemakers get to sell all of their wines and make a living. We make the same margins as everyone else and have a lot of fun along the way. And as a wine drinker, for the $40 a month you probably would have spent on wine anyway, you'll get wholesale prices. You can be sure that all of our wines have been lovingly made by a talented winemaker and stripped of all the costs that add nothing to the flavor or quality of the juice in the bottle. Support independent winemakers. Get better wine in return. With the support of 300,000 wine drinkers, we fund talented, independent winemakers up front. This way, they get to spend all of their attention on making you the best wine possible. World-class wine, direct from talented, independent winemakers. A better deal, up to 60% off market prices. A better way to discover tasty new favorites with over 2 million reviews from wine drinkers like you. Become no an agent today. Like me. Get started by visiting minddogtv.com like and click the banner on the homepage now. Stop being a whiner. Bunch of whiners. Although, uh, it looks like she's going to have a nip pop out. And I definitely would love to see. I'm, I just love pop outs. Uh, I was but, hoping for a oh, why didn't you say so? Why, why didn't you say so? Wait a minute, Matt. I, okay. <laughs> you have to do it in white nipple. Start, Can you do it in white nipple? Nipples, we're going to lose our guests. I just want to. And matter of fact, I, I, my nipples are au naturel. All right. Uh, our first guest did not show up, but our second uh, guest of the morning uh, has dared to show up. <laughs> dared to show up. Uh, let me, uh, he did to kill King's dad. Here, here's I mean, what I know. Here's what dead. I know about Dare Shendell. He's a comedian based in Toronto, Canada. That's what I know about. Him. I tried to uh, do some research on him, uh, like GD would do, just to get minimal information. Like, uh, what what does he even look like? Do we even have a good picture of him? Uh, I don't really know much about him. He's like Canada's best kept secret, but he's here now, and he's going to illuminate. Uh, some uh, facts about Dan. He's a, so he's a member of the Illuminati. That's why we can't find anything. I like his haircut. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, gentlemen. Can you hear Good me? Good morning. See, yes. already, yeah, already. We're not gentlemen. We're yeah. Not gentlemen. <laughs> uh, don't worry. He doesn't have to be on the show. Illuminate. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> so we, we have an idea of who, who and what you are. Sure. Uh, well, Toronto, Canada is my hometown, born, bred, and raised. Uh, relatively new to comedy. Um, so I was here to actually, I think, provide some perspective of someone who's new to the industry. Uh, the trials, tribulations, the, the excitement of getting new bookings, uh, traveling, things of that nature. Um, 
So really, it's just been a fun experience, a learning experience. Here to how long? How long? Training. When you say new, how long? How how long you been doing? Well, there's there's a, there's a cute answer and a real answer. The cute answer is the first set I ever did was when I was 19 years old, 31 years ago. I wow. did it out of uh, spite because my best friend said I wasn't funny. I went to a local comedy club, did a very funny set. The manager called me over afterwards and said, kid, that was your first time. That was pretty good. I looked at my friend and said, well, there you go. And didn't go back for 30 years. So, wow. Go ahead. Well, it's so five, so five months ago, uh, a friend of mine suggested there's some comedy competitions here in Toronto. You're a funny guy. Why don't you say some of this stuff on stage? So I entered into what's known as the Comedy Brawl here in Toronto, uh, a tournament that started with 300 comedians, and I made the final 10. So it was wow. at that wow. point I decided, hey, maybe I should take this a little seriously, kind of having some success, and more importantly, having a blast doing it. Well, let me tell you, I can tell, even though with, without the name, I can tell that you're not Italian because if somebody said you're a funny guy, the uh, Italian response is funny how? Funny, ha ha, what, what am I? Are you here to make you laugh? Am I a clown? Am I here to entertain you? Yeah, I'll be here to entertain No, he's a, he's a grown up. Let him speak for himself. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's interesting. So, uh, but the, the question is 31 years uh, is a long time to lay off. Why? Why? You, after that first time, you just weren't interested in it? What happened? You just. I'm just kind of lazy, to be perfectly honest. Um, <laughs> it, it requires for anyone <laughs> in the comedy industry who really wants to do it, it's hard work. You really right. got to grind it. Um, I really thought, it, it, you know, you just show up and be brilliant. No, no, you got to be out there every single night, putting the time in, putting the work in to get better because it is a process. Not all of us step out of the womb like Dave Chappelle and be genius instantly. Uh, it is a learning process, and that's what I've come to discover. I don't think Chappelle really was born with any kind of genius. I think he worked hard. He you just didn't see him do it as a teenager. Right. Uh, he was working really hard. But I appreciate your uh, perspective on that because I say that all the time. People are looking for the secret to success. The secret, now, I'm, wherever you define success, that's up to you. But the secret to actually having a life in it is getting out there and working work, hustling and, and working as often as you can and putting in the effort and energy and time and all that stuff that takes uh when i was starting in music i would gig seven days a week and i still would if yeah. my if the guys in my band had the energy to keep up with me i would still be uh we'd still be playing seven nights a week two shows on sunday whatever every every possible opportunity you have to, to be find fair, take. Man, you had a, you had better coke than they did that's why they couldn't keep up right that's <laughs> well, you don't mind what uh prompted you to you seem to have a voracious appetite for for knowledge you have a very wide group of guests i did a little bit of research before coming on as to the type of guests you've been experiencing it's quite the gamut that you've been talking across um, have you always been such, like interested in such a wide group of knowledge or what prompted you to want to find yeah. out about everything? I get bored easily and um, <laughs> All right. but I do I do want to know about a lot of a lot of different things. I definitely interest I always had an interest in science, always had an uh, interest in history, always had an interest in uh, the creative arts and all that kind of stuff. And then 
people come at you with their interest once you once you have a deep conversation with somebody and they start talking about what they're into and it opens up windows for you of thinking about wow i never really thought about that now i am interested in it so one it's like uh it feeds off of uh, other people coming on and, and letting you know what they're interested in, and then it's like, wow, I didn't even know there was that was a thing. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I share so, your passion, by the way. Yeah, I love learning. I always lo love learning something new. Sometimes, um, I, you know, like a, a lot of people, I can feel like I know more than I do, and then and that could be really humbling when you when you come up against somebody who really knows the subject very well kind of makes you think wow i really need to learn more about that before i i start giving up that's kind of around. what i've experienced with comedy to be perfectly fair uh i came into it with a degree of let's call it arrogance um i mean you got to be confident obviously to be on stage but i really thought i knew what i was doing uh right. but practicing <laughs> in a vacuum by yourself is not so i had great monologues they were good monologues that is yeah. not the same as interacting with a live audience and having that give and take of energy and laughter um completely different animal and again a learning process and quite frankly as you said humbling yeah, yeah. very very humbling to realize i'm not even close to being as good as i thought i was now before you got into comedy what what was your profession well, uh, as a kid, I was an actor from 6 to 16. So I did commercials, television, okay. theater. Uh, then I came up primarily through the sales ranks. So I've always been a talker. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what uh, part the biggest challenge for uh, uh, comedians is being able to talk without going, uh, um, da, 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 da. Uh, just to be able to talk smoothly. And, and oh, even me, dudes, yeah. Yeah, uh, to Still. be able to... to yeah, to to keep talking and not to just you know put in too many um, extractable uh, sounds. Extractable. Yeah. So that that's a big challenge of it. So being a salesperson, you've been doing that for thirty years anyway. So uh, yeah, pretty much. You know. I, I've always been a wordsmith. I really appreciate the use of the English language. I I appreciate using the full breadth and scope of my linguistic capabilities, uh, which sometimes bombs because <laughs> people don't know words sometimes. Right. I love uh, right. experience that, GD. Right. You use yeah. a word and you look around and go, okay, did anybody actually know what xenophobia means? And <laughs> you know what? Uh, I, I yeah, probably... that's, the fear of, that's the fear of watching the show Xena. Everybody knows that. Yeah, everybody uh, knows that. I don't, I don't, why would you, you should pick a different word that people may not know. That was easy. Go right. ahead. Try me another word. Try another, I'm just. No. Uh, somebody that? called me the other Who day and asked me what. Xena? I remember Xena. I, I it was pretty hot. People, I thought, who, are no? of, people who are afraid of nipple slippage don't though. watch Xena. Well, guys, yeah. actually, that's my mom's name. I th I think GD is uh, showing his age because yeah. that show was on like thirty five years ago, and I don't think it's even on Nick at Night or anything. like. There's no. I doubt there's I even. Doing, a, yeah, no. I, yeah, I was. A... <laughs> I don't think you can find Xena. Uh, Tarana, yes. Tarana. I, I'm going to keep saying it, Tirana. I know how to pronounce it, but I want to say Tirana for some reason. Uh, com a comedy scene up there, pretty uh, competitive. There's a lot, lot of uh, comedy up going on up there. Yes, it is very, very, very competitive. But the one thing that did confuse me when I first came out, uh, one of the people said, how long have you been part of the community? Which I thought was sort of antithetical to the, the idea of competition, but yeah. it really is a bit of a community. Um, they are very welcoming. 
Um, they're very supportive, which was very confusing to me. Yeah, okay. yeah, supportive, Wait, welcoming. No, 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 that 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 part. I want to. I just be LBGTQC for comedy. LB so community. When I think of community, I think of LBGTQ, and, and now I have C. to add a C for comedy. Apparently, just put all twenty-six letters. We'll eventually fill in a word to go with it. Just throw right. in all twenty-six letters. Right. You just call me Alphabet Community. Co community is a yeah. It's a very strange word because um, my they, they experience. They don't like it when you call them that. They do not. <laughs> really, Com comedians or. or uh, the no. LGBTQ community. <laughs> that's why. Uh, that's why I refuse the, to be a comedian. Yeah. No. When, that's what, yeah. Yeah. I. I. Boy, you know what? Com get, community seems weird for com com comedy to me because my experience uh, with it is they. Uh, I, I want to say comedians are not generally nice people, even though one on one I love comedians. I have friends who are comedians. I I love people who are into comedy, but. Together, they can be more backbiting, more uh, just backstabbing than any other group of creatives that I know. Authors are, are the opposite. They're super supportive. But comedians, although they network and they like to get in clicks, when the one person who's in that click isn't there, they're getting a new asshole uh, by everybody in that group. And I see it all the time. Now. They don't want to admit that. but uh, So I think it's, communities are really strange. It's kind, it's kind of like the old Carlin thing. Carlin, I think Carlin pretty sure what Carlin has said, a person is good, people are fucked up, or something along those lines. Right. And I think it's like a comedian is, is has potential. Comedians are fucking hopeless. Right. I think that's... Yeah. So are you, are you working the networking scene there? Are you uh, like uh, making friends and kind of becoming part of a clique, a comedy clique? Uh, not so much. I've always, I am and always have been a bit of a lone wolf, which sort of lends itself to the comedic nature anyways, because it is everyone, you are out for yourself ultimately. Um, I'm just a very empathetic, encouraging person. So I like encouraging people to do the right thing. But as far as myself, no, I am, uh, how to win friends and influence people kind of an idea. So I am meeting all of the right people. Um, I just found out I am going to be doing a show at the end of the month at the biggest club here in Toronto, which is exciting. And I'm going down to New Orleans in March and I'll be performing there at a couple of clubs. All right. So let's, it's been let's, a matter of, yeah, it's a process. Let's talk about so that. Coming to the USA. Correct? Yes. Coming to the USA. Uh, now I've talked to several Canadian comedians about this. Coming to the USA, you get charged like a sixty percent fee or some crazy thing like that. On I can't talk to that yet. I'm. This is uh, a. This is my first time experience going to. Well, I. It'll be an amateur night in terms of I'm not getting paid for it. Ah. I'm getting seven okay, minutes. Then you're good. Then you're good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, then, so there's no, gonna, there's no fees. I don't have to worry about paperwork. None of that stuff. I'm not at that stage of my career yet. I'm at right. the getting booked on stage, uh, getting booked on shows, just starting to get paid stage of my career. Wow. Now okay. if this may help you because in, that's how it works in comedy. So if you want to get paid, don't <laughs> take money for comedy. Take it for sex and drugs because I don't think they check for that. And well, then you, that way, that way you can get paid. Yeah, this job was a lot easier when all I had to do was take my clothes off when I got on stage. 
You know, it's 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 it, it <laughs> seems like I'm being uh, a silly here, or, or I don't know, whatever it seems like I'm. But musicians are, are often say, "I don't get paid for performing. I get paid for uh, getting my equipment together, getting it all set up, getting to the show. All the the, the part on stage, right. is the, yeah, the part on stage is is jelly. I love it. It's it's what it's part of the pay for me. I would I wouldn't do it if there weren't stage time. But that's not where the money. That's not where I care about getting paid. I care about all the preparation and time I put into learning the material and preparing for the preparing the material, perfecting it so that I could perform it well. That's what I'm getting paid for. The time actually being on stage. That's not what I'm getting paid for. So it's a that it's a different way of looking thing. at it. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's uh, the reason why I hate it when I get a show canceled because I've put so much time into crafting a show that if when it, if it gets like rebooked or rescheduled, I'm I'm like, fuck! Don't they know how much time I put into preparing for this? <laughs> no, they don't. Think about no, yeah. they don't. And, they, and they, they should pay attention to that. And from now on, that's what I'm going to do. If I get booked, I'm going to send them a letter that says, okay, I'm going to be using uh, 72 hours to prepare for this show, and damn it, I want you to acknowledge it. Yeah. That's well, that's part you know, uh I we I've talked about this before, but the idea of always coming up with a new show, I think some there is like the Rock and 45s take it way too extreme because we've been doing the same show for 25 years exactly. I mean, you come to see us if you if you've seen us 100 times, you've seen the same show 100 times. Uh, but there is a, a lot of value in that, in being a professional, is understanding that you can't be uh, doing a complete new hour every year like Colin did. Uh, it's just exhausting. And it doesn't, it economically puts a big strain on you, too. If you're going to be a professional, you, there's a big part of putting a show together, go out and perform it until it's run its course, rather than to have to, um, you know, put together a new show every every single time. Uh, Mike Mike Chavola, how, who has seen the Rock and Forty Fives a hundred times, says he can predict the next song. <laughs> I have no doubt that he can. Something to be said for consistency. Yeah. Uh, so when coming down to preparing a show, do you are you a, a, a prolific writer? There, do you? Uh, honestly, no, no. A lot of my are just walking around while kind of stone moments. Yeah. Uh, seeing seeing things that amuse me. Um, you can find me by myself in a room with no external stimulation, just giggling randomly because of silly thoughts. Um, they got so mad. My that. mom was like that. My mom was like that in her last days. So how long do you <laughs> oh. think you have left to live? <laughs> I do have a bit about now becoming older and getting early stage dementia and things of that nature. So I, I had my first legit senior moment at a grocery store, looking down at a self checkout item and thinking, "What is this called?" And uh, have created a comedy bit out of it. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, how, so how old are how old are you? Uh, you know my masking. He's a child. You're too young to have a. I know. Yeah, I, oh, no, I it, it was a stoner. It was a stoner moment. I wasn't actually going through really on stage to met you guys. Come on. Yeah. Uh, do you do you lose a lot because? I think if you're undisciplined, you lose a lot of gems that way. I was talking about that the other day. Like, if you don't take note, you, I get funny ideas all day long, and I think, well, that would be great. I want to share this with some comedy friends and all this kind of stuff or create a piece for myself. Now, there are pieces where I say that's really funny, but it's not for me. It doesn't fit my personality. Sure. But 
a half hour later, if I haven't written it down, it's gone. And right. I, as hard as I try, I those senior moments, <laughs> like I can't remember what the fuck I was thinking. That was so funny. Uh, uh, but do you take notes? Do you do any yes. of that? Yes, um, I have notoriously. I also have. I have a very poor memory in general. Um, friends of mine, you know the movie Memento. I don't know the movie yeah. Barbie. The person has an inability to make new memories. Um, wow. My friends kept telling me, Dare, you need to see this movie. And they would break into peals of laughter when they would say, so did you see the movie? And I'd say, oh, no, I forgot. <laughs> uh, I get the joke now. So, yes, yeah. uh, as a no. result, I do have a thought. I'll send a text to myself, send a text to a friend. I do have a couple of notepads that I do carry around just to write down a few words, because if you don't write it down, you're right. It's gone. Yeah. And I have years and years my, and years. Might, comedy I, gone. might I make a suggestion? So Please. one of the best things I did for myself is uh, I downloaded a voice recorder on my phone because I learned that even though, even though I might write an idea down, sometimes I don't, like like writing that idea down, I don't capture the tone of it. You know what I mean? And and you can lose the funny sure. in losing the tone. So I would suggest putting a voice recorder on your phone and just and like and I've done it a million times. Like like I'll be in in a room with a group of friends, something very funny will happen or a very funny exchange, and I will go immediately to the other room record a little bit about it and then step back in and it's faster than writing it down also you know right yeah. if i and if i may just, suggest the, the technique I, the technique i use is i just walk around with a microphone and an audience at all times so as soon as i think of something <laughs> funny i into the microphone get an audience reaction right away so i know if it's worth writing down I might like to just add that the only time he doesn't have an audience <laughs> is when he's on stage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank you guys. laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. Just, so, you know, just so you know, Dave, I don't know anything about comedy, so don't take anything I say, you know, as for advice. I, I, I don't have, I know nothing about comedy. You know anything about Canada? Do you know anything about Canada? That's our southern border, correct? Was close. We built that wall, okay. I think. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We so, built yeah, that wall. Because <laughs> there's Canada and there's, there's Canada and there's also bottled duck. All right, I don't want to get Canada I don't want to get like stuck on this, but because yeah. uh, it's it's not it's really boring and not interesting to anybody. Canada, really? How many provinces? Eleven. Seven. <laughs> I don't know. I know. GD, any no? Willie, any, how many provinces in Canada? I think seven. Oh, 33 provinces and fourteen and fourteen um semi provinces. Nobody knows. And, Nobody knows. Not even Canadians know. I mean, not e not even the provinces know that they're provinces. <laughs> I did in high school. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just weird. Like we all know the states. Uh, I could probably name how many uh, uh, countries are in the old Soviet Union. <laughs> but not Canada. It's a very weird thing. Um, stylistically, there uh, would you would are you a one liner kind of guy? Are you a long story kind of guy? Are you what? You are. That's that's kind of how I got started. I've always been a, I've always been a funny person telling stories for most of my life. 
But as I've come to understand, there's a distinct difference between just being a funny person and then being a comedian where you have all the tags and this like, you know, the, the it's like telling a joke. You can tell a joke. It's kind of cued in the middle of it and you get the ha ha at the very end. But a comedian will have five or six laughter points before they get to that final ha ha, unless it's a massive ha ha. And that's a different sort of animal. The massive ha ha is what I'm really interested in, because I think today we, and uh, we got defensive for Tom Segura about this when I said uh, this is about Tom Segura. And I'm not just singling Segura out, but I think there are a lot of people who are, are doing this now. They are funny storytellers or storytellers where they have ha ha moments, but they always ended on a really small or, or often ended on a really small. There's no big emphasis on how do I tie this together for a really powerful punchline at the end of the story. And I think comedy is, is losing something with that because in its genesis, in the art of stand-up comedy and storytelling, that was always, there had to be a payoff. Or if you do a five-minute bit or a seven-minute bit and it's one long story, yes, there need to be laughs in, the, in that time. But if you end on a fucking dud, you're, you're killing the, the, the audience's payoff. That is like the orgasm. That's what you're getting paid for. And it's a, a, if, and too many people are just ignoring that. So yeah. are you putting that into the, that consideration into uh, oh, preparing the story? No, I, I do believe that there should be a building of some sort, that, that your story is a building block leading to a major point in the story or a major ha-ha. Uh, I would detest to leave it on a, a weak note and then just going on to a different joke. That's not. That's my I time, mean, folks. Theory, Thank you. You've been great. You're a basic. Open. Yeah. Yeah. That basically, <laughs> yeah, I see. Pretty the, much. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, story's ending like that's my time, folks. Thanks. You've been great. Like, wait a minute. You just told yeah. me this whole story, and was there a point? <laughs> was it? Was it something that I was supposed to get out of that whole thing? Yeah, the or? point. The point was they had seven minutes left. So, to fill, <laughs> and they just filled it. Thank you. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> So, Go ahead, Willie. Well, so no, are I, you, I guess I like are you saying that. Um, Go ahead, Wander. Yeah, I'm Willie? Sorry. Is my delay really bad again? Do you want me to leave yes. it on that? No, you, just get, say your point. Come on, go. One, two, three, four, five. Go, Willie. One, oh, two, three, well, four, five. Six. Now I can't even remember what it was. I can't remember oh, what it was. I'm, it was about the. It, well. I'm going to leave and come back. All right, go. Uh, so yeah, that, that whole idea now, uh, I, you know, that's a struggle for me because I have s some stories from my life that I think are humorous, but trying to figure out how do I, how do I lead this to a really impactful punchline is a challenge for me. Uh, do, do you struggle with that? Do you kind of, uh, uh plot it out? Do you test it different? Uh, test it, test it differently. Um, uh, I know, GD, you were talking about having a, an audience everywhere you go. He I often, in, I often, in the middle of conversations, will sort of, unbeknownst to the people I'm talking to, do bits where I'll just bring up things that I think are funny, and I'll find out if they think it's funny. And so it's sort of my own test. It's like secret test marketing. They did they call you on that? Because I was talking about there's a book, comedy book, comedy book, comedy book, comedy book, and it talks about Seinfeld. Uh, uh, doing that, uh, always being on and testing his friends. And, and uh, Elaine Boozler, who was his girlfriend, uh, real girlfriend, Elaine in the, the show Seinfeld was based on her. And there's a bit, uh, a segment of the story where she says, 
are you working on a bit? He said, no, we're just talking. And she said, no, I recognize the tone of voice. You're working on a bit here. And then she started to give him some. Do your friends call you on that if you're using them in that way? My girlfriend does. Yeah, my girlfriend does. But <laughs> lucky for me, she's actually funnier than I am. So it works out very oh, well. Oh, get her on the show. Get off of here. Okay. Yeah, uh, no. Dan's girlfriend's coming on now. Here's Dan's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's a, uh, it's a testing the, uh, on people you know. That's a that's an interesting um, approach. I don't know. I feel like. And I know when I, when I started off in Florida, there was, bikes were so far and few between back, you know, distance-wise. And so I would work on a routine and I would drive to like a campground or a picnic ground or ride on my bicycle and just drive up to total, right up to total strangers and engage in conversation. And then I would go into my bit for those, for just total strangers. And then one thing I said, so I have to go, but thank you very much. And I ride on to the next picnic table, a group of people like that. I do that all the time. I mean, I'm not a... I'm not really a social butterfly by any means. I'm not really social. You know, people, I'm really antisocial in a lot of uh, uh, social awkwardness and parties and people I know. But with strangers, I can be really like ballsy and over the top testing material on strangers all the time. Well, uh, I was actually a little more honest about it. Uh, when I was uh, preparing for that comedy brawl contest or tournament, uh, I literally would walk around the city, walk up to groups sitting down and say, hey, can I tell you guys a joke? Explain that it was for a tournament. I'm not some weirdo going, hey, can I tell you guys a joke? Can I tell you guys a joke? I explained, I'm practicing. This is for a tournament. And invariably yeah. they would say, yeah, tell us a joke. And I would practice my bits and they would laugh or not laugh as the case may be and move on to the next group. So literally just go up to random people and hey, you want to hear a joke and practice. Wow. Yeah, I never uh, did. I don't, I never use my friends for that purpose because one thing, half the time. You don't have any friends. friends. That, that's, <laughs> that is point number one. And point number two is the three that I pay to be my friends. I was just going to say that joke. <laughs> they, they, they automatically suspect that I'm looking to do something with the moment. And so they clam up and they stop being my friends and they just start, I become a suspect and they don't want to talk. They're like, I don't want to be in your bit. <laughs> we have to say goodbye to Govs right now. Um, yeah, right. Before right, right. before we do, I want to say. I've heard that a bunch. Yeah. Uh, Pete Davidson is at um, the main Levittown uh, location tomorrow night uh, testing out new material, I guess, for a uh, upcoming special or something like that. And Mike Feeney is uh, there this weekend. But what really uh, just struck out me was uh, in the Bohemia location, McGuire's, Isabel Hagen, who uh, I've tried to get on this program for a couple of years now. Her manager has promised me she would become, she's in my neighborhood in the Bohemia, not my neighborhood, but as close as, the closest comedy club to me. She's there this weekend. Uh, I missed a great opportunity to get her on to promote that uh, this weekend. She's there uh Friday and Saturday, Isabel Hagen at uh, McGuire's in uh, Bohemia, Long Island. So if you're there, check that out. Saying goodbye to Govs. Govs, have a great Wednesday. Go hump yourself, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, yeah, so uh, now the New Orleans thing. Uh, did that come up through context? How did you get – we lost there? 
Well, I thought I saw something going on behind him. I was looking behind him to see what was going on, yeah, but I, I didn't see anything. Oh, well, I don't have, I, I guess I don't ask him a question. Willie, the New Orleans things for Dare, how did that come about? You don't know? Well, I think that he... He, uh, <laughs> he probably mailed a, uh, a self. I was distracted. A, a, a <laughs> self-addressed stamped gone. envelope. He mailed it to Comedy and New Orleans. And I don't know. Uh, what what do you see going on behind him there, GD? What, I don't know. What, I thought I thought I thought that I was. I kept looking back to, but every time I did, I didn't see anything. What what go. was what was going on behind you there? The boogeyman got you uh, there. I'm a boomer and know nothing about technology. I'm not a boyfriend with tech skills. The question I was I was going to ask you was about New Orleans. Had that come about? Was that like a uh, an open call, or was was that through friends and networking? How did that? Uh, No, I just i i wrote to the i wrote to uh, management, uh, sent them a couple of my reels. They liked my stuff, thought I was funny, and said, "Yeah, we'll give you some time while you're here." Why do I have problems finding your reels? I can't find any reels. Are, are they online, or you have a YouTube channel, or all that uh, kind of you, stuff? YouTube, yeah, YouTube. Oh, uh, so are these actual just reels? Like, uh, you got? <laughs> oh, sorry, not got, a reel. Uh, I put like, yeah, like you a, just a, like you just you just mailed them something like this. I guess yeah. send them an, I sent them an eight track, an eight track of my uh, audio. <laughs> right. uh, uh, no, no, I just uh, taped some stuff on, put it on YouTube, send the people the link. And uh, that's as far as I'm able to go technologically. So that's well, send me, email me your link so I can put them in the description so people can find you. I couldn't find you. Uh, and I, I did look. It's not like I didn't look. Um, do you do you have a website or are you just using social media for, to to reach out? Just social media. I'll be honest. Before comedy, I, I've never again not much into technology. I was never part of a lot of these sites. But because of comedy, you have to join Instagram, TikTok, OnlyFans. Right. Yeah, OnlyFans. <laughs> I just wanted to see if you guys respond to that. I'm only uh, I don't have an OnlyFans account. No, I hey, think I'm starting I, it. I'm starting it. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say it's yeah, not out of the realm. I know lots of comedians who uh, have OnlyFans pages. Uh, not that I don't know if they've traded from Patreon. Uh, Cummings, you know, Whitney Cummings has a podcast on OnlyFans. Who? Seriously? Huh. Hmm. Uh, so Whitney yeah, no, I, has a podcast yeah, on and but she's not she she's not getting naked I mean, on you it. You don't have to just do sex stuff. There's plenty other things you can do. In right. That's but what that's, if you want to? No. Yeah. No, it's yeah. it's regular. Yeah. Well, I, I, right. you know what? With a OnlyFans I, page with a name like Cummings, she's smoking hot. Yeah, yeah, but I think you're you're uh, setting up your fans right. to expect something, right. like the the Whitney hey, Cummings no, OnlyFans. Like, yes. I, I, Somebody I want... probably said to her, "Your that name, you, you will get a lot of traffic." Yeah, that's. I think it's an unfair advantage. So we're gonna uh, Willie Cummings and GD Cummings. Uh, GD cum shot. That's what we're, we'll we'll call you. GD cum shot. Cocky all around. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that that's interesting. What about festivals and stuff? Cummings is what they called my children. Yeah, good one. Uh, festivals and 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 uh, comedy competitions. Are, 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 do you invest in that? Do you put in uh, effort in trying to get in those? Not as of yet. 
Um, I, I don't know much about the business model. I've been uh, hearing, I guess, when you have to pay for entries, people object to it. But it kind of seems like that's sort of fair if they're getting thousands and thousands of entries to pay 20 bucks to have them look. I don't know. I, you know, I'm kind of divided on the subject. I haven't entered yeah. into it. I don't think I'm gonna, but we'll see. Right. Yeah. Uh, there are there. That's a big source of. Uh, I don't think 20 bucks is such a hard ass, but like when they get up to like 50 and stuff like that, you know, some of them are pretty exorbitant, but like $20, I don't think it's a bad entrance fee to some of those. Do you buy you have Willie, to be selective uh, on what you try and get into at that point? Do you buy the justification for it? Because the justification is administrative costs. We gotta go, we gotta go through all these submissions and all that stuff. Uh that's what the money goes for. To me, it always oh, feels absolutely. like it's a profiteering type absolutely. of thing. Anyway. That's a pain in the ass. Yeah, I know it is. No, but, I think it's a total uh, pain uh, in the it, ass to fucking have to sit through and fucking listen to all these fucking submissions. And mm-hmm. figure out, you know, who you want on, because a lot of them are going to suck. Yeah, can't you tell that in a the first five seconds, though? And that, <laughs> that alone is worth the money that you fucking pay. Is fucking yeah, you know, because you know, for every one good person, that for every one good video they got, they had thirty other ones that sucked ass. You yeah, know? like they had. Yeah, go ahead and pay those. It is time consuming. <laughs> How about the pressure to be funny quickly and yeah. when you're starting out uh there does does that is that a mindset thing for you do you do you think i got I got ten seconds to win them oh whatever it is thirty seconds to win them on my side and and then I can relax and use some setup and take my time with stuff but i've uh, coming back to a, a new comedian I saw at the stand he left after Joe list had the room dying the room was really fucking laughing hard and then this guy josh johnson comes up and he's quiet and he's talking about he's he's not being funny he wasn't funny in the first two and a half minutes he was setting something up it's like that takes a lot of fucking balls a lot of you got to be really brave to do that after a comedian had the room dying but then he, he from there he he ended up killing but I, for me i would be so nervous about oh they're laughing i gotta i gotta keep that laughter going or at least say something really funny in the first 10 or 20 seconds so that i get them on my side so that i can take some time to build something up does that play into your mindset at all well i mean in general my set i would try and have something funny like right off the cuff just to get the audience laughing or engaged in some way shape or form but I was fortunate that when I started doing this, a friend of mine is actually a professional comedian. And we had a nice long conversation about uh, my ego checking that, that you have to develop a thick skin to not care whether Ooh. they respond or don't respond, especially just during the learning process, but that it is a process. Um, I don't know. I've always thought of it as like you start off, you're kind of funny. Then you're, there's people who are funny. Then there's people who are pretty funny very funny and hilarious. Right. I'm pretty funny learning to be very funny. Okay. So, you know, with that knowledge I- inside, right. you set expectations accordingly. But uh, I like to come out guns blazing at the very least because, yeah, I don't want to follow a, a crusher and have the room go, all right, what's this guy saying? This is boring as hell. And no, no, you want to keep that in momentum. Was your experience in sales and, and learning to deal with rejection uh invaluable in in this uh preparation for this part of (laughs) funny you know what i hadn't actually thought of it that way probably yeah because in sales you truly have to not care 
Um, it's called it's called not fearing the loss. You can't right. fear the loss. So, of the so you miss every so you miss one hundred percent of the sales you don't make. Thank or, you. Or, no, <laughs> the, the shots we don't take. You get, you, we, we have the Gretzky line. Uh, he's making fun of Willie Gretzky there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or there. I'm not kidding. I'm a Canadian, so he's an icon. Can't go there. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, uh, that's true. I, you know what? Was he born? Is he uh, uh, yeah, born and bred Canadian? Yeah, you can't even say bad things about hockey as a Canadian, can you? Well, to be fair, basketball is my favorite sport, so I'll talk shit about hockey, but not to my friends. They'll kill me. But <laughs> was Gretzky? Uh, is he uh, born and bred Canadian, or yes. yeah, uh, he was born in Ontario. So he's like the biggest. Is he uh, like the biggest hero in Canada still? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it's Brian Gumble. Because Willie Willie used to live in New Mexico, and a hundred and fifty years ago, Billy the Kid was the biggest celebrity New Mexico ever produced, and. 150 years later, Billy the Kid is still, still the biggest celebrity New Mexico has ever produced. And it's just uh, <laughs> curious to me. Uh, I think Ryan, Ryan Reynolds would be our, our best export. I don't know. I don't know him, but that's uh, my the, bad. The don't. actor? He's heir to the world rap family. Oh, Are yeah, you, yeah. Now you, I know, you know who you're talking about. Ryan Reynolds is? Now I, I know who he is, but I, didn't, I, I wasn't thinking of oh, acting. I was thinking oh, that, I that was a sports oh, reference yeah. or something. <laughs> I know who he is. He reminds me of my cousin Tim. I like him. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Um, Not a big movie fan. He's really, he's really good at refashioning. He's really good at refashioning now, and listen, reshaping if there's any... concepts that are there out there. What, Willie? If there's if there's anybody that has a <laughs> chance at knocking on my back door, it's Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Now, and I'm not I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. Now he doesn't have to be wearing the Deadpool costume at the time. But it'd be a lot cooler if he did. You know what I'm saying? I'm just sure. You know. I mean, I'm not gay, but my boyfriend is. Right. <laughs> uh, right. Now, exactly. 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 I will go to Ryan uh, Reynolds' uh, page on the celebritycontacts.com for my booking thing, and and express to him that you have put that out there. If he should ever desire, he'd have a little a homosexual tryst that I could hook him up with. A guy who's been I'm, to prison and knows his way around. <laughs> <I'm>, I, <laughs> yeah. What, you yeah know, let, I am, let him know I'm that sure uh, he has a, a a twin, a slightly less good-looking twin brother here in Canada. Uh, after he put on the uh, the Deadpool mask, his energetic nature and my verbal diosity that basically seemed to coincide. People are like, "You and Ryan Reynolds are." I'm like, "We do not look at all alike." But now, because of him. They think we're similar. Uh, what yeah, about I have, a lot of, I have a lot of energy. This is me reined in. What about Celine Dion? Is she an icon in Canada or no? <laughs> uh, no. I, you know what? Maybe to, to a certain audience, sure. To the rest of us, just cringing a little. Yeah, bit. it's cringe. Could be for me. That's why I brought girl? it up. Sorry. Was she ever a pinup girl? You know what I'm saying? Like, was she ever like? Because like some people, singers and actresses, become like pinup girls. Like. Farrah Fawcett was a pinup girl, uh, but she wasn't a singer. I'm trying to think. Like Taylor Swift is probably somebody's poster somewhere. Britney was Spears Leon was when she was young, yeah. Yeah. So Our was posters. so was Celion Celion Dion that woman we just talked about. Was she ever like the a pinup poster she, type she of girl? 
audience. Yeah. Uh, well, I I don't think that I'd be the age range to have experienced her as a potential yeah. pinup. Like I'd be more in the Farrah Fawcett. I don't think know. I I would rather see Willie on a pinup. To be honest with you, I don't. Uh, you know, there was a, my wife watches uh, Deal or No Deal on streaming TV, and there was a woman on there, and we both said, oh, I don't like this woman. She said, There's just something about her. And I said, yeah. And she said, she's got kind of a Celine Dion vibe. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. That's what I don't like about her. She's the most unlikable superstar I've ever seen. And her, her uh, whoever her audience uh, was, I just don't, I can't imagine what they, what they see. Yeah, she can hit high notes, but you got to be likable. <laughs> it probably helps. Yeah. Um, so do you are you planning out a career are you are you plotting out a career in a strategic way or uh you know just kind of taking opportunities as they come uh no very very strategic um it is a how to win friends and influence people kind of business um systematic approach to uh first of all it was get better at comedy and meet people step one uh, so that you at least have the chops to be able to stand behind. When you ask someone for a booking, it's not an embarrassing, you know, it's not an embarrassment for everybody involved. So step one, get good. I'm becoming pretty good. Again, the levels, I'm pretty good learning how to be very funny. Um, and then after that, it's a matter of networking, getting in front of the people, and then ultimately being funny. Because right. you can be as sweet as, you can be the nicest guy in the world, and they might like you a lot. But no one's going to put you on your show if you're not making people laugh. Do you feel it's important to understand the business? In other words, a lot of people produce their own shows, not necessarily because they want to become a, a comedy producer, but they want to understand the business and what the producers or bookers go through and their, their perspective on it. And have you have you undertaken any of that? Yes. Um, call it research. I took out to dinner. I've taken uh, out to dinner a couple of different comedians and producers and basically said, I'm buying you dinner to pick your brain. Uh, you wow. know, is that cool? And wow. uh, yeah, so there are a lot of cases because uh, they're happy to share yeah. their friends. Yeah. And they're telling me, basically, there's, they say, I always say, experience is the best teacher. That's smart. I don't believe that because I, I'd rather learn from somebody else's mistakes. Yeah. Um, that's a pitfall you've experienced. Fuck that. I will step yeah. around that one. Thank you very much for you. You yeah. took the hit on that. Right. I'm now learning yeah. from your experience. Let's move on. Yeah. So just learn uh, from smarter people. In other words, if there is a spider on your head and you're holding a, a wrench, don't whack it. Yes. Good don't advice. hit it. Yeah. Yeah, because we learned that from GD's mistake. But uh, it's time to say goodbye to another network, PBM TV. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, we still have not gotten any um, okay, comedians yeah. or musicians. Thank you, from PBM TV, for all the people you've PBM TV. Thank you for all the people you've sent over to to do inter to be interviewed. You're, Not you're a great source of talent. A great source of talent. We appreciate it. Not a single one. I'm wondering if there are any humans there or if it's just like a bot network. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know what? The, I, I think what you, the takeaway from maybe talking... Maybe they don't to, want publicity. Maybe they don't want any publicity. That's what are over there. Yeah, that's why they're there. Uh, the takeaway from talking to Dare here uh, is that you can learn from anybody at any level in this, uh, um, you know, experience of show business. Because I think you've you brought a lot. I think too many people aren't strategically planning their career. They all just like, what happens today? Who do I call today? Uh, I really need to get some shows on my calendar. It's like, 
panic mode almost. It was like building a, like building a business from a a immediate gratification standpoint. Where can I get a gig tonight? I need to get a few minutes on stage. I see that a lot, like people on uh, to Facebook comedy groups. Where can I get a few minutes on stage tonight? Like, shouldn't you have thought about that a month ago? <laughs> you know, it's like trying to build an airplane and you own an auto parts store. Um, I have no idea what that means. I think. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that be a flying car. Yeah, I, guess. I think uh, I think he would really benefit from the Barry Katz blueprint for success. Um, I was hoping you'd bring a, that up. That's a free community, the online community that you can join. Um, and and um, there are and you don't have to buy anything except yeah, yeah. Right, you, you don't have to yeah. you don't have There's to buy anything unless your name is GD, and then you have to buy in. Uh, but that actually just turns out the only black people have to I'll buy it. This, White people yeah. get it in free. Yeah. But it's Blueprint for uh, Comedy Success by Barry Katz. There's a, a link <laughs> on the homepage to MindOut TV. Please use oh, that okay. link. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, and you get it free. It's and the invaluable advice. Yeah, now, and, and I'm telling you, especially. Go ahead. Keep keep talking, yeah. Willie. If you're into if you're Mr. into Delay. learning from other people's mistakes and stuff like that, oh, yeah. you know, one of the things I love about it is that even even though I'm not at the level where I talk to Barry personally or whatever, listening to him field the questions from other people because you know Barry's a, a very knowledgeable person in the entertainment industry. He definitely knows what it takes to get to the next level and stuff like that. And so just listening to him converse with other people will help you and you don't even know because like gd's got thrown time by somebody else before i've had times where i got to talk to him personally and um and i think it's very very beneficial especially if you're early on and you're trying to figure out the business side of this mm -hmm. and the other thing that he talks about is the economy of words making sure that the things you say have the intended value that you want them to have you know what I mean? And so, like, I think that you would really, really benefit from joining right. that community for sure. Cool. Thank you very, very much. Very cool uh, stuff. Oh, Matt, uh, Matt, can I give you an update about something that you used to bring up once in a while? The, the guy that you talked about that got his movie greenlit or his script greenlit like two months ago, uh, he just sent in his first draft this week. Safecracker, I believe, is going to be the yes, name. Yeah, Safecracker. His yeah, name is yeah, Safecracker. His name is Irving, I think Irving Lewis, maybe Irving something, and Safecracker. Uh, and he, apparently, he sent his first draft in. He sent a copy to Barry. I don't know that, if Barry re reacted to it or not, but he very cool. Why, why the Barry? Because he was supposed to send it to that Mike, uh, the guy who was I the head of. He, I, he, I think he sent it to, just sent Barry a copy. I guess it was like a thank you or what do you think? I don't know. I, one of the things I do, yeah. So I just want you. I'll just give you an update because you you had. You seem to have like great pride in the fact that you witnessed that moment. Oh, and and not pride, moment. but just a, a really, it, it was a goosebump moment for me because a guy's life had just changed. It's like watching the guy win like the lottery. It was like, wow, look yeah. at this live. On, <laughs> he wasn't expecting that. And he was being like really uh, shy about uh, presenting himself or promoting himself. And then out of nowhere, the guy gets a movie deal. Like, holy crap, wow. man. Uh, like fairy tales can come true every once in a while. It was really, uh, um, but now uh, just back to the blueprint for success. I think, and I this is what I was looking at while Willie was talking about it, trying to 
was it last night or tonight round table? Uh, do you know last night or tonight round table? Monday, or, I think Monday, well, there's Monday nights is the one thing. One of the things happens on Monday nights. Right. That's the community thing, I guess, or the round table. I guess that's called the round table. Okay. So I guess I'm two nights behind. Well, it's been a busy week for me. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Blue Cat, uh, Blueprint for Success, Barry Katz thing, invaluable resource to everybody out there. Please uh, just check it out. It's free to check out and get in there, and you don't have to buy anything ever unless you've uh, got dreadlocks and you look like a Rasta guy. Yeah, um, and there, just in, in case we're on the same community thing and you see me, don't make eye contact. I hate it. Don't make eye contact with me. I, you know, you, you know, I'm just... <laughs> uh, we, we should be wrapping up. Now, Dare, uh, I can't let you go without uh, the name Dare. Uh, it's unusual to me. I don't know anybody else named Dare. Uh, what's, is there a story behind it? Dare? Or is it? No, the, the technical pronunciation is actually Dair. Dair? Yeah. Uh, family background. I'm like a Canadian mutt. There's English, French on one side. Israeli, Polish, Czech, kind of Eastern European on the other side. And my tech, my first name is uh, Aaron, but it's a uh, technical pronunciation is Aaron, Dair, and my last name is Shendale. It used to be Shendelman, getting a little more Jewy. And wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, so I've been going. And then I do a lot of stupid things. So Dare seems to be appropriate. Yeah, Dair. So do, is that a common mistake that I made? Yes. Like everybody calls yes. you Dare? Oh no! Everyone calls me Dare. Uh, my parent. Everyone <laughs> calls me Dare. No one. I, I, if anyone called me Dair, it'd be I think they're fucking up my name. Right. Do wow. You have, do you have a sister named Truthor? Uh, no, she's <laughs> it, it's, she's called Sexy One. Now, oh, okay. Is yeah. there a way to use that to your advantage? I mean, of course, there's a way. But have you Sexy have you Does have she you have an OnlyFans? Yeah, try to kind of uh, use <laughs> that as. Hard. As a, a marketing, you know, take a dare as your first comedy special or something like that, you know. Any- um, well, no, I, my t- actual tour will be the bullshit, the bullshit baffles brains tour, would be the the name of the tour I'm going to start. Um, <laughs> using my, uh, to be honest, guys, using my name at this point, dare. I've taken so like how many times can I get naked and run down a street? I mean, yeah, I've been yeah, dared yeah. to do. I mean, I know I stopped taking dares a number of years ago, unless it was something incredibly unique that I hadn't done. Yeah, I'm, I'm that Indian guy, Binder Dundat. Oh, yeah, yeah, Binder <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, anyway, we, uh, do send me your links. We'll promote them, and you're, you're welcome we'll- back here. If you have any upcoming shows you want to tell people about or uh, ways uh, you got anything on the schedule now you want to let people know about. Uh, February 28th here in Toronto at Absolute Comedy and uh, March 11th in New Orleans at the Howling Wolf. New Orleans. You have to say it, New Orleans. Uh, New I don't, Orleans. I say New Orleans. Uh, are you a friend, are, are you uh, uh, acquainted with our friend Vinny Vanelli in Toronto? He does a lot uh, of shows. I am. I am. Right. He uh, actually gave me one of my first show opportunities and I promptly shit the bed. It uh, was the, the yeah. yeah, I did the worst that I've ever done happened to be for uh someone you've interviewed. <laughs> well, yeah, Vinny actually was a, a uh a continuing contributor to the program. Hasn't been he was on last month talking about his Italian what does it mean to be Italian or something proud to be Italian uh series that he's doing. Uh we need to get him on again and get a recap on that. But he's a good guy and a good he's guy a great to know. Guy, actually, he's a great guy and a very funny man. 
Yeah. Well, we appreciate I don't think you. He's getting a real up. Italian, but that's beside the point. I'm not convinced <laughs> he's really Italian. What you, he's more Italian than I am. He got mad at my uh, oh, pronunciation really? of Calabrese. Who, who isn't more Italian than you? Willie is more Italian than you. He's never you, left the. You are not more Italian than me. Hey. <laughs> anyway, we're going to have to have yeah. a, we're going to have to have a wop off to see who's more Italian. Wop <laughs> I want to watch that. Pay per view that. Wow. Well, Dad, Dyer, uh, it's been yeah, it's been a pleasure to get you. And, and, and thank you for your time. Send me your links, and I will be happy to promote your, your stuff and uh, get people to follow you. And uh, we continue to support you and check in uh, from time to time, so we know how your career is progressing. So, thanks, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. It was a great time. Have a great day. Bye for now. Dyer, Dare. Dyer. Shendell. Yeah, now he said everybody calls him Dare, so I feel like I should keep calling him Dare. But now that he, now that I know it's Dair, I feel like I'm obligated to do yeah. both. So now I have to say his name twice, Dair Dare. You understand? I'm just going to okay. call him Aaron. I'm just going to yeah, call him Aaron. Gentlemen, when people call him Dair, he feels like they're calling him the wrong name. I know, but I feel obligated like yeah, he's he doubled my workload. That was super he's rude. doubled my workload in names. And uh, dude, I'm not even going to go to Aaron and Aaron uh, stuff. That's just like a lot. Yeah. yeah. Time, to, time to wrap this up. Now, the good news is um, I don't have anywhere to go for a couple of days now. I, I stay home and deal with oh, nice. getting the business back on track because the business here is way off to yeah, have slide. Thing. We need the ad thing, yeah. So yeah, uh well we, we are booking now are here's we, one thing. Are we still one thing. the Times Square thing? What's happening? Well are we still what? What are you saying, Willie? I don't Willie. know. So so Matt, when you you have you have deer in your I neck said, of the I neighborhood wood yard. One at a time. Willie, talk. Four, five, six, seven, eight. Willie, talk. Oh, Willie. Okay, so I was wondering, are we still doing the Times Square thing? Is that happening? Tom, Tom Segura thing? Times Square. Times Square. Times Square. <laughs> I didn't hear you. It's like, uh, yeah, it's happening. I, I got to check in with those people. I got to make phone calls today. I got to, uh, now I have to, uh, I'm, I've been avoiding making phone calls to them because I still owe them $3,000. But that's on the on the bottom end of it. Most of it's paid for. But yeah, I've been. I'm kind of. You know, when you owe people, owe people, you're not really all that enthusiastic about picking up the phone uh, and and calling them. <laughs> I prefer email so that we, if they bring it up, I'm not stuttering about the three thousand dollars that I still owe. Well, between I'm sure if you need the money between Willie now, I'm sure between the two of us, Willie has a good kidney that he can sell. Willie uh, is going to put donate all his uh, riches from his. Uh, um, Distro kid uh, money to uh, to the big uh, corporation here. <laughs> I, I, I just I, heard yeah. back from Aaron. I just heard yeah. just just uh, <laughs> FYI. I just heard back from Aaron Bullet. Uh, I sent him a message while we were talking. All right, he's oh. welcome back anytime. But he's, he's got to let us know. I mean, we. You know what, Robert Taylor, who was a uh, who has the keys to the back door here. Uh, hasn't used him in uh, months, and I think he's all, he kind of took himself off the team without letting me know about it. We could give that access to Aaron maybe one or two more times after, uh, so that we he earns the trust. Yeah, let him prove himself. Let him prove himself. Yeah, yeah. Let's. Yeah. 
Uh, also, I, that, I, I wrote him the note. I just wanted to, the note I wrote him said, Aaron, I am the official ambassador of blackness for Coffee with the Dog. No, that's not your uh, title. You, You're the senior black correspondent. That's damn it, senior black correspondent. Okay. But I didn't want to take that title because um, that wasn't that um, Larry Wilmore's name title on. Uh, Oh, yes, no, no. That, yes, that's what I'm. I'm ripping off. Absolutely, I'm ripping off the Daily Show with that. Oh, okay, I felt bad because I didn't. I didn't know that was. If I had known that was deliberate, then I would have kept the title. It's on me. Okay. I'm. I'm the thief. Okay, so I will change it. But I've, this is what I wrote. I, Aaron, I am the ambassador, the official ambassador of blackness for Coffee with the Dog. You need to pick another date to be booked on the show, bruh. Ah. And he goes, I got you. <laughs> he says, I got you, LOL. I uh, got you. I fear you. Um, yeah, I fear you, bro. Juliet Rose, the uh, author who was on the other day, uh, also wants to be, she said, anytime you need a fourth, I would, it's a pleasure talking with you guys. I'd love to be on just to shoot the breeze, not necessarily promote anything. So we have lots of people who want to kind of join the team. And she yeah. smells nice. nice. And she I, smells nice. So, yeah, that would be that would be and cool. This is a lot about the... Uh, yeah. Maybe she heard about how the show's Let me just put this out there. Maybe she heard you bragging about what you, how you can make women have orgasms and stuff, and she's just kind of interested in your tongue. Maybe that's that's the issue here. Um, maybe not. I don't think so. I look at her, and I think it's, she actually whatever, likes sex. So I don't think she'd be attracted to Willie. You know I mean? Yeah. No. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention before we say mean? goodbye. What is that? Mean? I don't know. You're not handsome. That's what he means. Um, no, uh, all these people on Podmatch are trying to. It's all of a sudden. I got like 15 of them. Uh, can we do? Uh, I I can't do the mornings. Can you do a show at two o'clock in the afternoon? Like no, it's a live show. We don't pre-tape stuff unless you're like fucking uh, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Or or somebody like that. I'm not pre-typing for anybody. Well, you know, we might do it if you're if you're an A-list celebrity. But if you're not an A-list celebrity, don't be asking me to do a two o'clock th- uh, to three p.m. show just for what you. If so there, can... What if they're an analyst celebrity? Analyst, yeah, like an Will analyst, you... an analyst. But we say an analyst. Yes. Would they? Would you? No. No, it's funny. There's a who's it? There's a there's a uh, an old black comedian. He goes, "What you doing for the army? What you doing for the navy?" No, we don't want him. If if you're somebody really famous that's going to get us new view, people are going to tune in just to see you. Uh, then we'll consider it. But I'm talking about thousands of people. We're not doing. And it I'm already part show. of the. And I'm already part of the show. So yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the show for today. Um, I don't know. Tomorrow, <laughs> hopefully, you know, the, the first guy didn't show up. Uh, I don't know. Do we put him on the shit list? Do we give him another shot? I don't know. No, uh, fuck him. The second wow. guy didn't show up either, did he? He did show up. We just... Well, who was the second guy? Because only yeah, saw the one guy. Yeah, we just talked to him. There, dude. No, that, who's the second guy? Was there somebody after him? How can no, the second guy, guy be the only guy? Him. No, there was somebody before who, him. But uh, who was? No. Who was the first guy? I thought Dair was the first guy because that's the only one I've seen no, so he, far. He was the second guy. Uh, you didn't see who, the first who was guy. First? We he didn't, didn't show up. Guy? He didn't show up. Can, anyway, you don't want me to say his name. 
The first guy was no. on first. The second guy's on second. Let, let me tell you and about it, tomorrow. Tomorrow, and I think I have it backwards. Do so I have it backwards? <laughs> here? Uh, Jeremy Brown, who's a uh, national uh, uh, touring comedian, uh, who I'm really interested in talking to, and a guy named Ron Kane, who we're going to refer to as Dave Attell for the entire show tomorrow. And uh, don't don't let don't let that drop. Call him Dave the entire time. I'm going to introduce him as Dave, and just see if that pisses him off and really makes him angry. Or uh, we can fuck with Ron a little. I'm just shocked that Dave Appel is like five years younger than me. With Jeff Ross, what are you talking about? Uh, if you notice uh, from uh, from the audience perspective that Willie and GD always talk at the same time, it's like right, and you never get to hear either one of them because they're both talking over each other. Uh, so right. I, uh, from now on, I'll, I'll just I'll just talk and don't don't give them any space. That's what we'll do. Okay. Anyway. That's it. I don't yes. I mean Be how bad is the delay? You know, I we need to figure out we need to figure out where the delay's at and like where I need to start talking in order to not do that. We don't need to figure out. Only one of us needs to figure out. One of us. Okay, yeah, but one how do okay, help me figure it out? One how do I figure it out? One of us. You call you call your cable you call your cable company and say, What the fuck, dudes? That's what you do. One eight hundred K, and you have to say it. You have to say it just like that. Yeah, yeah. One eight hundred cable. Fuck, yeah, what the fuck, dudes? Like, uh, yeah. listen, uh, you're killing my career here. Uh, my career depends trying on you giving. Show here. Yeah, yeah. trying to do a show here. Yeah. Uh, I got the number. Where I thought I had to know. Oh, the number's right here. Uh, oh no, this is for my cable company, uh, not your cable company. But I would call them and say, "What the fuck, dudes." And see if that helps. Anyway, I'm kicking you guys out and going to do what I got to do because I got business. To I don't want to leave. I I I don't like it here. No, you get out. He's gone. He's gone. They're all gone. They're gonna try and pop back in, but they, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna get out of here before they have a chance to get back in. I just want to tell you, turn on your radio tomorrow. David Tell, the one and only David Tell, and Jeremy Brown will be with us. So tune in then. Until then, uh, Matt Napo for a coffee with Doug. Don't forget to turn on your radio. Bye for now.
to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. 